Welcome to the Weekend Live Show. 508 is where I'm from. We run down the biggest stories of the week with you every Saturday night. Let us know in the comments right now where you repping. Patchy Junction, Taunton, Worcester, Long Island, Manchard, Wicklow, Florida, Webster, Malden, Framingham, Tucson, Erica, Salem, Gloucester, Moosup, Connecticut, Charleston, South Carolina, Oslindale, Moosup, Connecticut, London, Arizona, Lynn, Naperville, Quincy, Hey, what's up? The hell was that? Oh, it's fucking Giannetti. You a freaking idiot. Stop telling people that I'm mentally deranged and stupid. It's homosexuals that love them. Nobody wants to see your dick pics, dude. Oh. Can't show it. It's a Giannetti dick pic. NFL on the house. Let's get this party started. All right. What's up, people? How's everyone doing tonight? Good? Good? Excellent. Welcome to the live show, ladies and gentlemen. I am your fearless host. They call me Uncle Turtle Boy around these parts. Well, they used to. My new thing is doctor. Everybody calls me doctor now. I actually prefer that because if Jill Biden's a doctor, then I'm definitely a doctor too. Just saying. So you can call me Clarence. You can call me Turtle Boy. I don't care what you call me as long as you're here every Tuesday and Saturday night at 9 p.m. We stream on Rumble every Tuesday and Saturday night at 9 p.m. We also stream on YouTube when we're not suspended. Uh, we'll, we should be back on Tuesday, although I really don't give a shit if we get back on YouTube because we actually have a much better audience on Rumble. It's freaking awesome. But, you know, we'll do both. We're actually on Facebook right now, too. I see like 100 people on Facebook, too, just for shits and giggles. Uh, so we're, we're everywhere. Um, we're not going anywhere. They can try to suspend us all they want. I don't know why they bother because, like, come on, guys. You're not going to silence us. Award-winning journalism here. Duh. Like, you can't, we're just going to find another platform to use. I mean, you could try. It just makes it sexier. Like, people want to find you more. I don't know if you guys realize that. But anyway, we got a decent side crowd. We got 1,500 people already on Rumble. That's cool. 100 so people on Facebook streaming on in here. So not quite 7,000, but not too shabby either. But, oh, you like the new shirt? Turtle Riders make me the best shirts. It's been one week since we had Jill Daniels on. And it was just so epic. I wonder how she's doing. I wonder how what she's up to tonight. Hopefully, hopefully taking it easy on the sauce. Let's just put it that way. So, anyway, yeah, I, I really like doctors. So, look at I got a really big schedule coming up for the next week. Like I'm going to be pounding this uh, story everywhere. Now that it's become, it's very clear that this is going to become a a hot topic. I don't know what took the country so long to figure out the Karen Reed story, but it's going everywhere now. And it's every crime junkie is going to be talking about it. So I'm going to go on any show where this is going to be discussed that has like a decent sized platform. Like if you have like a hundred subs and not doing it, sorry. But if you have like, you know, a decent sized audience and you invite me on, I'm going on period. Because quite frankly, I don't trust a lot of the people who come up here and talk about the Karen Reed story. A lot of them get the details wrong. And it's just really annoying when they get the details wrong. And they don't hammer the points that need to be made. They don't really get it across effectively. Like nobody knows the Karen Reed story quite like I do. Although I feel like most of you watching this arguably know it just as well as me, if not better. 
and you know the feeling you know what that's like when you're like watching another show and somebody's defending karen reed and they're just doing it all wrong you're like oh am i gonna stop you know why can't i get on there and say something so i just this, this topic's gonna be everywhere so i'm going on everything tomorrow night i'm going on this chick's youtube channel it's she's called let me see what it uh rissa i think her name is uh she she contacted me she's got well somebody's got her hold on i i she has over a hundred thousand subs if anyone has the link for that feel free to post it uh i know actually i got it give me one sec to pull it up because i really want to make sure we have all these right i'll get it all right her name on i thought it was rissa maybe i have it wrong all right sunday nine let's see there oh just wrists wrist flex wrist flex let me find her channel and put it in there i don't like that it's wrist there it is i'm subscribed yeah I'll, put, I'll post the link to it in the chat uh on let's see on the rumble boom done right there so if you guys i'll be on there tomorrow at nine o'clock I'm going to Canopy Lake Park tomorrow. It's kind of like the last weekend of vacation, if you will. But I'll be there at 9 o'clock tomorrow uh, on that show. We're going to talk about it. And then on, let's see, Monday, i got another channel going on. I wish I had the link for the channel. He's got this, like, um, Mata is his last name. He's a, he's an attorney. And he's got, like, oh, why am I? The, the Defense Diaries. I think it's called The Defense Diaries. I'm going to fuck this up. I bet. I get the channels all confused, but I need, I'll start plugging them this week. I'm going on that Monday. And then on Tuesday, I have our show obviously at nine, but I'm going to be going back on surviving the survivor without Wendy, without Wendy. And because honestly, like I'm all for a good debate about this topic, but it's, it's a waste of everyone's time talking to people like Wendy. It's not productive. Like there's no point talking to wendy because wendy's not a serious person she has no intention of you know researching the case or, or talking about actual facts of the case or debating it she just makes things up so you can't have a serious and she's rude and she talks over you and there's just no point having a conversation with a person like that so yeah the truth and transparency, you know, I didn't go on truth and transparency. Um, uh, they haven't invited me on. I did watch her stream last night. Um, she seems all set with it. I, I didn't honestly, I'm, I'm happy they're on the team. Karen, there's just something about a presentation. Like when you do a show, you cannot have like guys, like you cannot just have you your face in the corner and then a document on the screen for the whole that can't be your whole show you can't have two hours of that it's you're gonna lose i was a teacher you're gonna lose the attention of the class when you do that you can't do that you need pictures you need visuals you need fun you need entertaining like that's what you have to do and you're just gonna you're gonna lose the audience or you need a good roundtable discussion and that's what i'm doing on the monday show so Again, I, I would have a, a discussion, but he's like, you know, invite anyone you want on. And I'm like, Sean on the golf. I want Sean on the golf there. 
Like he, he is the like expert and he's like, do you have any defense attorneys? Um, and I'm going to try to get a defense attorney from Massachusetts to come on and talk about the case. Obviously, Yanetti cannot do it, um, because he's her attorney or whatever, but, uh, I'm going to try to find somebody else because I'm sure a lot of attorneys are following this, but I'm also, they also have to like practice law in this courtroom. So I don't know if they want to, you know, get on that, but get on Nancy Grace. Yeah, no, thanks. You should probably be on the wrong side anyway, but. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm going to be doing this week. The live show will be back on the YouTube channel on Tuesday night at 9 PM, but it'll also be on here at rumble. So make sure you subscribe to the rumble channel. I think we're over 6,000 subs now. So that's cool. Yeah. 6.1,000. Nice, 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 nice. Yeah. The note, my objection lady, you know, Kevin Reddington, people are saying in the comments, got Kevin Reddington on. Uh, I feel like he's bait. I mean, he agrees with us. I showed you my messages with Kevin last week. He said, I proved Karen Reed's innocence. So there's that. And I'm like, you know, I think the lawyers had a little something to do with it too, Kevin. Just saying, just saying. So, uh, yeah, so that's that. Also, if, uh, you know, make sure you guys follow us on all our social medias. My, my Twitter account is at Dr. Turtle Boy. That's D-O-C-T-O-R Turtle Boy. Um, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Subscribe to the Rumble. Uh, follow on Facebook, Clarence with Emerson and the Turtle Boy page, which is about to pass 30,000. And if you're into this, um, you know, justice for John and Karen stuff, then just join the page, join the justice for John and Karen page. It is growing like wildfire and it's getting like noted in, uh, groups and stuff like that. It's, it's getting noted in media outlets when they talk about it. Like it's becoming part of the narrative that Facebook group. So great job by the mods over there. Keeping the discussion going. You guys are wild. There was a, a, I don't know if it was a protest or a rally, at the Taunton Green today. Shout out to all the people there that showed up. I couldn't make it, but uh, it looked like it went pretty well. Uh, I'm sure there was a lot of positive feedback. I went and bought a cake yesterday in Worcester. You guys might have seen this. They, they, you guys see? I'll bring this up. Taste cake. What's it called? Taste great cakes. That's it. Taste great cakes. And as it turns out, uh, I gotta, I gotta bring this up. Oh, don't message the Facebook page, by the way. Or else your things will pop up. So I'm going to do not message the page. Yeah, there they are. Free Karen Reed cakes. <laughs> so they made all these cakes. So I went in there and I bought some and, and, and first of all, look at this, look how pathetic this is. You, you go on here and it's like, <laughs> I think they've already got some negative reviews. And so that's, I don't know if they took their reviews down or they kept them up, but you got the, of course there's people crying in there already. Like, look who's crying. Let's see. Somebody named Bert Killerin is crying in there and he's saying, try and make money off a dead police officer and his family disgusting sir like you could afford a cake anyway they don't take food stamps sir <laughs> and then he just gets destroyed so whoever that guy is uh somebody tells him to brush his tooth <laughs> singular so yeah anyway so um yeah so they did a good job uh happy to see that i went down there the other day and uh i had a conversation with the people in there and as luck as fate would have it we wrote a blog about them in 2015, a negative, like it was, there was some fiasco 
in 2015, they were they were making cakes and the cake came out all wrong. I guess I don't even remember the story. And it was like I think we called it a. I don't even know who wrote it. It was 2015. God knows who. Like so long ago, and it was called like a gypsy cake. I don't know. But they had a really good sense of humor about it. They were like, yeah, you wrote about us in 2015. Um, and I think you called us a gypsy cake or something like that. And they go, it was a really bad cake. It was a really bad cake. So <laughs> here we are. So it's cool, though, that like that people are able to put aside their differences and just focus on this. Because I, when I went in there, they're all wearing their free Karen Reed stuff. There's two other customers in there, and they're both asking, like, who's Karen Reed? And it gets people talking. You know, they Google it. They, 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 they search for it and all this stuff comes up. So it's really cool to see this. Like, so that's why like that protester rally today in Taunton, it's like that gets people talking and, and researching it and all these signs that are going up all over the place saying free Karen Reed that, that sparks the conversation with this, that with a lot of people that don't know about it. And that's the biggest hurdle and obstacle we're going to have to overcome as the story grows in, in popularity is controlling the narrative which is the truth preventing a false narrative. Perhaps I should phrase that better from becoming the official narrative. Like we cannot let them lie to a larger audience like this. The biggest advantage we have is the truth and popular support. Like that's, what's making the difference in this case. I'm telling you right now that got auntie Bev to change her ways a little bit. I swear to God, she would not, she would have granted the gag if, if we weren't watching her. I'm telling you right now, we did that. So we'll see what happens um, with that. So lots, lots to, lots to come in the future with this. And so that's kind of what tonight's uh, episode is going to be about is how we're going to control that narrative. And we're going to revisit some of the earlier stuff just to like, cause well, I'll, I'll talk about it in one moment, but um, if you guys would like to donate to the program, let me pull it up here. Let's see. Turtle chat. I think the turtle chat is, we can't pin things on uh, rumble, but in the bio, there should be a, let's see on the description of this video. There should be, how do I see it? If anyone has a link to turtle chat, just uh, post it or send it to me and I'll post it. Uh, but I will turtle chat is basically like on YouTube. We couldn't do super chat anymore. So we had to build our own function called turtle chat. And if you send money on the turtle chat, then you get to write a message. I'll get it in my email and I'll read it out loud to the class. But I think rumble has their own feature here, uh, where you can donate. Oh, there it is. Thank you. Glamisus. Wait, no, that's not it. That is wait, or is it? Oh, there it is. Okay. Thank you. So there you go. Boom done so there it is okay and i think there's a dollar sign at the bottom if you want to do it that way i will read your your donos out loud to the class as we go along you can also cash at me at dollar sign uncle turtle boy and again i will read it all out to the class uh, i just gotta take my notifications put my notifications on yeah no you said it i know you said it's in the description but i don't see the description on my end i just i'm watching it right now and i don't see any description so again, new to rumble, not really sure how all this works, but okay. So yeah, dollar sign, uncle turtle boy. If you want to do the cash app, um, yeah. What the hell is this? 
Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I got Brian Alberts. Somebody just sent me Brian Alberts. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, geez. Louise. Somebody sent me Brian Alberts high school yearbook picture. You guys want to see this? You got to see this. This is uh. all right. Hold on. And by the way, a lot of people in Canton are messaging me, telling me that Dateline is like going door to door asking people questions and shit. Like, what do you think about this? So like, I'm telling you something, it's, this is going to get big. It's going to get really big. Oh, here's Brian Albert's yearbook photo. Let's check it out. Let's check out Albert's yearbook photo. There he is. <laughs> so he said, so he's classified. This is from Zavarian. Says Brian D. Albert, 25 Fairview, 25 Fairview Road. They, You got to be kidding me. He moved from one house on Fairview to the other. So he lives in 25 Fairview Road. Activities, wrestling, murdering. No, oh, sorry. Uh, favorite saying, bring it to me and settle down. Okay. And also Sikkim Chloe. Remember when he went to CHS with BT and CC to discipline JG. So he was a hardo from the beginning. He's going to, we're going to Canton High School. We're going to discipline JG. He had a comment for me. He likes to discipline people. Brian Albert does. Cape Cod, June 24. Nicole, love you. Is that Nicole Albert? He was with her in high school. <laughs> a parting note. Thanks, mom, dad, and gramps. Couldn't have done it without you now. It's my turn. Yes, it is. So that is a meathead in training right there. Okay. You think he looks like Colin? I'm telling you, man, something's going on. There's something about Colin uh, dropping out of Bridgewater State and Brian Higgins, like he's talked about last week. News of him flipping and what Jill Daniels said. That just makes me think that something's going on here. I smell something in the water. I'm just saying. And hopefully, hopefully this ends soon. I do feel like it's like, it's kind of fucked up that like, suppose they do have something on the Alberts right now and they are building a case and they know goddamn well that they did this and they have enough to indict, but they just, and they're, but they're trying to get bigger fish, you know, something like that, which I could totally picture happening. Like that's kind of fucked up that they just are allowed to sit on that while Karen Reed has to continue being prosecuted for this. Like, I feel like, they should be more like ethically obligated to be like, step in and be like, no, 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 this, this needs to end. This needs to end. Uh, we got a cash up here from Luis Ramos sends $5 says for say hi to Luca again. Okay. We'll do that. All right. Okay. Um, so let's uh, just jump right into it. Shall we? So first thing I want to bring up here from the blog that I did yesterday, I'm going to be doing another video like we did with framed because it was such a popular video. Um, and we need to do one about just kind of like debunking, like showing all, because I've been accused of like not showing the other side, right? Not showing the prosecution side because they really don't have much of a side, but let's do it. You know, like I wanted to show what they had, the totality of it all and really wasn't much. So let me bring up the blog that I did yesterday.
right. Uh, by the way, I miss this is a new one. I, I haven't shown this one yet. Further establishing the relationships between the Alberts and the Proctors, which we all knew existed. But to me, this is the most strongly worded one I've ever seen. This is bigger than the picture of him with McCabe's or anything like that. Look at this. Look at the way this is worded. So Chris Albert in 2019 shares a picture where it just says my and somebody else. One of the Proctors. Shared uh, a picture that said my world. Well, mine is Chris Albert. So there's Chris, there's Colin, there's his son, Chris Jr. There's the other son, Dylan. There's Jill Daniels, oh my God. sober as a clam, and uh, Julie Albert. And it says two years later, and the comment is still true. And then what does Karen Proctor say? This is Michael Proctor's mother. It says the Proctor's second family. Not friends. They're second family, man. Second family. Like, how do you count? They're not just friends. They consider them like family. Again, Michael Proctor. And we they always say you can't get a direct tie to Brian Albert. Well, okay. We got a pretty good tie to Chris Albert, at least. And Chris Albert's son and Colin, for that matter. And Colin was in the house that night. Chris might have been too. Who knows? And Colin is highly suspected of being involved in murdering John O'Keefe. So something's going on here. And the fact that this guy who his mother is saying, you're our second family. Like on that night when this all went down, Chris Albert probably was either there or learned about what happened rather quickly. And so Chris Albert, if your son, if you find out your son just did something really fucked up and your instinct is to protect him, then you're going to start making some phone calls to, to make sure that your son is protected. And who is the first person that you're going to call? You're going to call Lank, right? Because Lank is the fixer. Sergeant Lank, now Lieutenant Lank, he's been promoted twice now. Lank is the guy who 15 years ago, while off duty and drunk, legally drunk, inserted himself into a fight that Chris Albert was in and arrested the two Lapalato brothers after Chris, I got to, I got to find those guys that Chris Albert got into a fight with and arrested them like falsely. They ended up getting exonerated and they ended up suing the town over it and they got money out of it because Lank's a fuck up. Lank was the, one of the first ones on the scene that day even though he was not on duty. So I guarantee Chris Albert must have called him and he probably called Michael Proctor too. If not Michael Proctor directly, we, we know from this comment right here that the Proctors are a second family to the Chris Albert wing of the Albert family. So if you, that's your family, not just friends, family. So he's going to call him up and say, we need, we need help. We need Michael's help. You know, Colin is going to, Colin did something and it was an accident and it to went totally wrong and we need Michael's help. We need him to save Colin. He, he doesn't deserve to lose his, lose his life over this. He doesn't just like, he's in college. He's about to, he's a high school now. He, he's going to college next year. He has a bright future. We have to protect him. And so a lot of people have always often wondered 
like why would proctor throw away everything like this you don't think his mom would be like mikey you need to help the you need to help the nice alberts out you need to you need to mikey we need we need you to help them out he like he, that's why he did it it's not that complicated they're close family friends that's why he did it and they thought they could get away with it the really fucked up part about this when i reread this all yesterday right is that karen reed was initially charged with manslaughter right on February 1st or February 2nd, she was arraigned on manslaughter charges. Like when you first found out about the story, right? Woman backs into a boyfriend accidentally, doesn't even know she does it. That's the way it was presented to me when I first read the story and saw it in the news. And I felt bad for this woman because I'm like, ooh, imagine living with that. That sucks. That you accidentally backed into somebody and it, they made it sound like there was like a foot of snow and you just got buried in it. And you're like, oh shit, that's horrible. And then they must have found him after the snow melted. I don't know. Like it's it sounds horrible, right? And I didn't really look into it. But it sounded like an accident when it first happened. And that's the way David Yanetti first responded to it was that, you know, this is not manslaughter charge. This is she loved him. This is a horrible tragedy, what happened, but she did not mean to kill anyone. Right? And it just seemed like, you know, oh, she was so drunk and blah, 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 but she doesn't even remember it. But then, like, if you were the Alberts in that situation, wouldn't you be content with that? Like, if you were Jill Daniels, wouldn't you be content with that? You got away with murder. They didn't search the house. They didn't question Colin. They didn't question Brian. Nothing. You, you got away with murder. After leaving a body on your front lawn. That's that's something right there. You should be you should be so freaking happy and relieved with that alone that you got away with murder. And it kind of worked out well because the woman who is taking the blame for what you did now is only facing a manslaughter charge. And she might not eat like she might get like six months in jail and like probation for 10 years or something like that. Like, so like, yeah, like, okay, well, so they probably didn't even feel that bad about it. Like, well, it's just a few months in jail. It's better than Colin losing his whole life over this. And fuck her. She's a cunt anyway. Like that's probably what they told themselves. And so they, they could have been, you know what I mean? Like they could have been content with that. They could have been content with the fact that they got away with murder and this woman really was facing a charge that with no criminal record, she wasn't facing a lot of time in jail for. So they should have been, it's a win-win for them. Like, why not just, they could have stopped there. But no, these people have a bloodthirst. And they all participated in making it seem worse than it was by lying to the grand jury about John not coming in the house. Like, they could have just, why didn't they all just say afterwards, like, wouldn't you feel a little bit bad? And that's how you know these people are twisted is wouldn't you feel bad that you're sending this woman to, you know what I mean? She's being arrested for this. It's bad enough that she didn't get to go to her funeral or a wake or anything like that, but she's been charged with this. You killed her boyfriend. Like, shouldn't you feel a little bit bad about that? But no. They don't, not only do they not feel bad about that, they're like, fuck it, let's do murder. Like, let's, 
you had her like i guess what i'm saying is you you had her at manslaughter everything was fine you got away with it she was being charged but then you put your foot on the accelerator and i don't understand why i understand why the district attorney's office wants to charge karen reed with murder because i think their obvious plan here was to get her to take a plea for manslaughter like okay so let's murder the bait like when she's rearrested for murder four months later in june upcharged that comes with bail that was uh lally asked for 500 grand bail 500 grand and auntie bev the only good thing she did is is get she put 100 grand bail for, for a murder charge and they could have been like they didn't have to do that they didn't have to upcharge her like that because i think the plan then was to be like this bitch can't afford this she's gonna have no choice but to just plea to manslaughter like facing life in prison for murder i don't think the the plan was ever to get her on murder the plan was to upcharge her to murder in the hopes that she would just tap out right take the plea do six months get some probation and walk away that's so i understand why the district attorney's office did that but i don't understand why brian albert and jennifer mccabe participated in that because they can they helped get them there with their lies about like why why was karen upcharged why was she why did it go from this this was a horrible accident to this was in a cruel intentional murder like how how did we get there what changed well the only things that really changed was that all of a sudden more and more of uh testimonies coming forward from the mccabe's and the alberts talking about toxic relationships that oh no she was actually they were horrible together well they were they were so bad together and she was so rude to him and he wanted to leave her and she thought he was sleeping with someone else and blah 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 blah, blah. And so that's how that's how they contributed to that. If I was Jen McCabe and Brian Albert, I would be thanking my lucky stars that I got away with murder and just let it go. Oh, you got a manslaughter. You're not going to jail. That's the only thing you should be so happy with that. But that wasn't enough for Jennifer McCabe and Brian Albert, was it? It wasn't enough for them. They are cruel. Like they're just cruel people who are like, no. Let's lie some more about this and send this bitch to jail for life because like, let's just do it because, cause I don't fuck it. You know, like, let's just go for it. Let's go for a bit. Fuck her. Cause that's why I don't understand why Jennifer McCabe would continue. Like if I were her and I was in that situation and the police asked me knowing that I just got away with this and the police asked me, well, what do you want to? Like, like, were they, did they get along? Well, I'd be like, yeah, they got along great. Actually. I feel so bad for Karen. Oh, can't imagine. I can't imagine her position. It must be. A She's a great person. She's a great person. She doesn't, you know, I feel so it's, you know, I feel for John and his family, obviously, but I also feel for Karen uh, because she didn't mean to do that. She would never do that on purpose. And I really just wish this didn't happen. And I think we should let the justice system play out, whatever. That's what Jennifer, McC that's what I would have said if I was Jen McCabe, but I'm not a, I'm not a miserable evil cunt. So I can't get in the mind of somebody like that. She thinks, 
like, oh, let's just make up some more shit and make it seem like this was actually a pattern and that this woman's a crazy psycho and then they'll upcharge her for that. So I really think there's something to that. Like, I really think, and, and that's what's, e I, I don't know, I was just pondering that today. I'm like, these people are truly evil. Like, you see, guys, see, am I, I don't know if you guys agree with me. I'm, I, I'm not keeping up with the live chat, uh, but that's just, I don't know. It's just a, a feeling I have with that, but okay. Anyway, so let's uh, jump into these charging documents here, shall we? Okay. Huh. So the first thing I want to read is Michael Proctor's initial filing of facts on from Stoughton District Court from when she was initially charged with manslaughter. Because there's just a lot of shit in here that you don't pick up on that we need to. Okay. So let me pull this up. So. All right. So I'm Michael Proctor. I'm a great guy. I'm, I'm really recognized. Okay. Blah, 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 blah. Charging with this crime. Okay. Let's read from the top here. So. On January 29th. A woman reported a male party John O'Keefe found in the snow. At the 911 call, there was heavy snow and the temperature was in the teens. Seraph and Mulaney were dispatched to the scene along with the Canton Fire and EMS. Seraph arrived at the scene and observed females waving at him. Looking at 34 Fairview Road, there were three females on the corner of the property. He saw the victim on the ground as two of the females were performing CPR. The three females on scene were identified as Karen Reed, Jen McCabe, and Carrie Roberts. Seraph observed the victim to be cold to the touch, not breathing, and returned to his cruiser to retrieve his AED device. At this time, Canton Fire and EMS arrived on the scene and took over first aid. Paramedics transported him to Good Samaritan Hospital, and he was determined to be deceased several hours later. Notice, like, no times are listed here, of, like, what time they got him out of here or anything like that. Interesting. Lieutenant Gallagher, Lank, and Good arrived on the scene moments after the call and they began to search for any evidence. They discovered a broken cocktail style glass and multiple patches of red that appeared to be blood in the vicinity of the victim. Can police officers secured the glass in six blood samples as evidence. This is so overlooked. And this is what this Wendy idiot didn't realize the other day. Is that no, there was no taillight found at the scene. Again, read the they always said, Did you read the documents? Did you read the charging documents? Yep, we're reading them right now. So these are the actual they always tell us to read the goddamn read the goddamn charging documents. Well, I'm reading the goddamn charging documents, and I don't see anything in there about taillight. Literally nothing. I see cocktail glass and I see six blood samples. That's it. So on January 29th at approximately 11.30 a.m. So we're like fast forwarding here. Like, look at the way this report is written, these charging documents. So we go from 6 a.m. to 11.30. What has happened in, in between that time? We, a lot has happened between 6 and 11.30 a.m. A lot. So we're, now we're jumping to 11.30 a.m. Sergeant Bukaki and I requested to speak with Jennifer McCabe and her husband, Matt, and both agreed to speak with us, not at the station, but we first spoke with Jennifer 
who stated that her and some friends were at the waterfall bar and grill last night in Canton. Jennifer observed Karen walking in the bar, holding a glass cup from CF McCarthy's with a clear liquid inside what she believed to be a vodka and soda drink. What, what would make you think that's a vodka and soda drink? Like, seriously, why is that? How do you know it's not water? But whatever. It, this is such, all of this is filler. Like all of this bullshit here about the drinks is just a distraction because they're going to be like, oh, they just want you to make you think she was so plastered. I don't give a shit if she was blackout drunk. It doesn't explain the scratches. It doesn't explain the lack of bruising. It doesn't explain why Brian Albert didn't come out. It doesn't explain how long to die in cold. So it doesn't matter how many drinks Carrie had. It's stupid. So at approximately 11 p.m., John and Karen arrived at the Waterfall Bar together. They had been in a dating relationship for two years, and Karen stays at his house most nights. She observed Karen walk into the bar holding a... Oh, we already read that. Uh, John was wearing a baseball hat, jeans, and sneakers. John and Karen were at CF McCarthy's bar across the street before going to the Waterfall Bar. Jennifer stated that John and Karen appeared to be in a good mood and did not observe any arguing amongst the two. Interesting. She described the atmosphere inside the bar as friendly, and there were no arguments amongst any patrons. As the bar began to close down, everyone was invited back to 34 Fairview Road. Jennifer observed Karen. Uh, let's see. Jennifer observed. Where did it go? Jennifer observed. Observed Karen and John leave the waterfall bar together. As the group was exiting the bar, John texted her, where to? At 12.14 a.m. We need to set up like a timeline here to uh, for the newbies to just go over it all, right? Have it all laid out because this is really important stuff. So 12.14, she texts him, 34 Fairview Road. At 12.18 a.m., that is when Jennifer McCabe arrived, is at 12.18 a.m. Jennifer called, John called Jennifer to ask where the house was located on Fairview Road. Why was he doing that at 1218 M? Now keep in mind, they leave at the same time. They leave the bar at the same time. So they're going to get a, back to the house at around the same time. But as we know, they went down, they went a little bit longer way. They went probably a one minute longer way. They went down Washington Street or up Washington Street, north on Washington, and then north on Dedham Street. And then west on Cedar Crest, and they went past Fairview Road. You're supposed to take a left on a Fairview Road. They went past, they missed it. That is where we are at right now. That's 1218. John missed the turn, or Karen missed the turn for Cedar Crest. So they call and ask, where is this place? Like we, you know what I mean? Like, where is this place again? Fairview? Okay. So they're a little bit lost. Because everything looks the same over there. So Jennifer, John calls Jennifer to ask where the house was located. While inside, and so keep in mind, he's going, so they do a three-point turn on Cedar Crest, the only three-point turn, and then they go back and they take a right onto Fairview Road. That would bring us to 1220. John and Karen arrive at the house at 1220, despite what anyone tells you. The the data from his phone says that confirms that they arrived there at 1220 logic and timing. Like if Jen, if Jen gets there at 1218, it makes perfect sense for John to get there at 1220, two minutes after, because he went and overshot Fairview road. 
So he gets there at 1220. If you look at the cell phone data on John's phone, there is a five second gap between when the phone moves. Like the phone move, like you see it move for five seconds. And that is between 1220 and like 58 seconds and 1221 in like three seconds. So that is him running into the house. He's running it like, because it's freaking snowing outside. It's freezing and he's only wearing a light jacket. So of course he's going to run into the house, into the driver. Now this is a, an emailer pointed this out to me the other day. And this is a really good point that they pointed out to me. There's cars in the driveway. Because remember, the, they'll say, boundless moron will say, well, then why didn't Ryan Nagel see him going into the house? Well, first of all, because it's snowing out and he ran inside. And secondly, because there's multiple SUVs parked in, in the driveway on 34 Fairview Road. Think about it. If they're, Look at this driveway over here. I'll, I'll blow the whole thing up. So look at the size of this driveway. That's a big driveway, right? There's whose cars are parked in there. Nicole Albert, Brian Albert, Brian Higgins, Jennifer McCabe, and maybe Brian Albert Jr. Who knows? There's probably at least four or five SUVs parked in this driveway. So if, if John gets out of the car and makes a beeline, like, uh, I guess you guys can't see my screen. So if, if he makes a beeline to the, to the front door or to the side door over here, then Ryan Nagel is going to be coming from back this way on Fairview back this way. His view of John is going to be obstructed by those cars. Isn't it? I mean, that's a great point. That's why I love you people. You're so smart. Like John gets out of the car runs. How can Ryan Nagel see him? His view is going to be obstructed by the multiple cars in this driveway, right? Boom. We cracked the case. Columbo up in this bitch. <laughs> it's so true though. It was brilliant. So 12, we know he gets there at 1220 runs inside and his phone movement shows him going up and down stairs between 1221 and 1224. I don't know what the fuck that means. Like three, he went up three flights up and down three flights of stairs. So I don't know if that he went up upstairs or went to the basement, but your phone, I, I test this out. People have tested this out. Drive up a hill using your phone. Does it say you ascended stairs? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It knows the difference between us going up a hill in a car and, you know, actually climbing upstairs. Yeah. And he's texting the sister. Like there's a million in one ways that Ryan Nagel could be distracted and not see John O'Keefe walk into the house. It makes perfect sense. So anyway, back to reading this. Can you go back to what John was wearing? No mention of a shirt. I'm not sure what you mean. Anyway. Um, so at 1218, John calls Jennifer to ask where the house was located. Well, inside the residence, Jennifer observed a black SUV arrive in front of 34 Fairview Road from the front door. Jennifer texted John at 1231. So she called, it's a seven minute ride to get from the waterfall to 34 Fairview Road. 
1214 to 1231 is 17 minutes. And all of a sudden at 1231, she's texting him. Hello. He was there at 1220. So this is so like this, how this is how, you know, this bitch is devious. She's already texting him, like covering up the crime at 1231 texting him. Hello. And at 1240 AM texted, pull up behind me. Jennifer observed the black SUV move from the initial place. The vehicle stopped on the street near the driveway and then proceed to the left side of the property. At 1245, she texted John, hello, and then observed the black SUV drive away. So stop right there. So Jen says that the car leaves at 1245. But that is contradicted by several things. First of all, there is ring camera footage from One Meadows Ave that has not been deleted that shows Karen arriving there at 1241. So she couldn't have left at 1245 because she was back at Meadows Ave by 1241. The Canton Library video footage that disappeared was from 1237 to 1239. So that is when Karen went by the Canton Library. So she couldn't have been at 34 Fairview Road at 1245 if she was already at the library by 1237. So this is this bitch is lying right away. And she's making it seem like uh you know they were out there for longer than we actually were. It goes on to say that Jennifer stated that they discovered John in the area where she last observed the SUV on the left side of the property at approximately 4:53, she received a call from Karen who was distraught and drove over to Jennifer's house. Jennifer told, uh, Karen told Jennifer she last remembered seeing John at the waterfall bar. So that's a lie right there too. I mean, this is, this is a, this is a lie. Karen Reed never told Jennifer that she last remembered seeing John at the waterfall bar. What they're trying to do is make it seem like she was so drunk. She was, oh, she doesn't even remember seeing him. She never said that. Her defense team denies that she ever said that. The last time I, so when they say, because this is the thing they're going to say, oh, the last time she saw him, she said that the last time she saw him was at the waterfall bar. That's a lie. No, that's what Jennifer McCabe said that she said. There's a lot of that in this story. A lot of things that Jennifer McCabe said that Karen said, and a lot of things that Michael Proctor said that she said. But not an act, not a lot. None of these things actually happened. That's the point. That's the point. So, and again, all of these statements directly benefit Jen McCabe because it keeps her from being a suspect. Because Karen Reed did it. That's what they'd go with. Karen Reed did it all. That crazy bitch. All right. Goes on to say, while driving to John's house, Karen stated, um, Jennifer drove Karen's vehicle from her house back to John's because Karen was too hysterical to drive and had Carrie Roberts follow him, follow them. While driving to John's house, Karen stated to Jennifer, could I have hit him? Did I hit him? First of all, again, that's what Jennifer McCabe says she said, but those are not under an admittance of anything. That's her pondering. Like if you're Karen Reed, any put yourself in that situation. Your boyfriend never came home. 
Jennifer McCabe was in the house. She said he didn't come in. You can't assume that she's lying about that, right? You you can't assume that, oh, yeah, they they beat the shit out of him and threw him on the front lawn like trash. So you're like, where the fuck is he? You can't assume this woman's evil, but as a fact, she is. So let's read some more. So like, who wouldn't be like, you would ponder out loud. Could I have hit him? Did I hit him? Jennifer stated that Karen told her about a cracked taillight on her vehicle. Once they are, and that's, look at the key word there, cracked, cracked taillight. That turns into shattered later on when Michael Proctor finds the car. Once they arrived at John's house, Karen had Jennifer look at the cracked taillight. Jennifer, and 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 if you, if when you Google like breaking Lexus taillights or whatever, like most of these taillights, when they get cracked, they get inverted. So there's not going to be taillights smashed everywhere. That's not how it works. We saw her hit that car. We saw her hit John's car. That's not going to shatter anything. It might crack it if you hit it at the right angle, but it's not going to shatter anything. Jennifer described the passenger side, right rear taillight is cracked. And they entered Carrie's vehicle to look for John. Karen was seated in the back as Carrie drove and Jennifer was seated in the front passenger seat. Jennifer stated that they turned onto Fairview Road from Chapman. At the time, it was snowing heavily, creating poor visibility. I love how Proctor throws in little stuff like that, right? Throws it in there. Because, oh, wow, how did she ever see that body? Because there was poor visibility. She must be a murderer. Jennifer stated prior to 34 Fairview Road that there was a cluster of trees. Jennifer stated that there is a cluster of trees, right? What do you mean Jennifer stated? Either there was a cluster of trees there or there's not. A lot of you people in the comments right now have been to 34 Fairview Road. I've been three times. There are no cluster of trees there. That is a lie. There's no cluster of trees. They throw in the word cluster of trees to make it seem again, like how could Karen Reed have seen that body? How could she have, she must've put it there. There's a cluster of trees rocking it and, and poor visibility. This guy Proctor is like an artist with his work here. He's painting a picture here. He's making it seem like there's no way Karen Reed or anyone should have seen that body unless they knew it was there. Jennifer stated that prior to, there was a cluster of trees and she saw John. Jennifer and Carrie were not able to see John and initially confused by Karen's statements. Bullshit. Bullshit. We've recreated that. Not true. Jennifer stated that Carrie began wiping snow off of John as Karen laid on top of him for warmth and then began CPR. Sergeant Bukaki and I arrived at the hospital to view the victim. I observed six bloodied lacerations varying in length on John's right arm. So that's interesting. Bloodied lacerations. Aren't they listed later on? Aren't we later told those are abrasions? Now they're lacerations. There's a big difference there. So he actually writes in his own report that he saw lacerations. The cuts extended from his forearm to bicep. Both of the victim's eyes were swollen shut in black and blue. I observed a cut to the right eyelid area of the victim. The victim's clothing, blue jeans, orange t-shirt, long sleeve t-shirt, and boxer shorts were saturated 
and contained blood and vomit. I observed one black Nike sneaker with a Nike logo on the side belonging to the victim. So why only one? Again, that's grounds to search the house. On January 3rd, uh, 31st, Dr. Irene Scordibello from the office of the chief medical examiner in Mashpee conducted the autopsy of John O'Keefe. She advised of several abrasions to the right forearm. Like up here, they were lacerations. And now all of a sudden there were abrasions. They just became that way in one paragraph. We just went from <laughs> lacerations to abrasions. Two swollen black eyes, a small cut above the right eye, cut to the left side of the nose, approximately a two-inch laceration to the back of the head, and multiple skull fractures that resulted in bleeding. She advised the victim's pancreas was dark red and that hypothermia was a contributing factor. On January 29th at 12.15, Bukaki and I conducted an interview of Matthew McCabe. Look at the way Proctor does this shit. Again, keep in mind, folks, I want you to remember something. This is, this is interesting. They were all in this house behind me on Fairview Road from 6, 6 a.m. basically till 11.15. And they, they had five hours to get their story straight. Then, when they did their interview with Proctor, they didn't do it there. They went in the middle of the heaviest part of the blizzard across town to Jen's house for the friends and family meeting where all four of them, Brian Albert, Nicole Albert, Matt McCabe, and Jennifer McCabe, all spoke together in the same house. They were not separated. But look what Proctor does in his report. This is what I mean by painting a picture. He says he spoke with Jen at 1130. And then he's got a whole paragraph in here about going to the hospital to make it seem to the reader as if time has passed. See what he does there? He makes it seem like, oh, this is, I talked to her and then there was the hospital and then back to this. And then he interviews Matt McCabe. But in reality, he interviewed all of them together. They were not separated. They spoke as a group. He acts like he took them into the back room or something because he says on January 29th at 12.15, we conducted the interview of Matt McCabe. He said that he has known John for eight years and met Karen a handful of times. He stated that he was at the Waterfall Bar on Saturday night and observed John and Karen enter. Matthew observed John wearing a baseball hat with a curved visor and Karen drinking a clear liquid, possibly vodka. He stated everyone was going to 34 Fairview Road from the bar. Matthew entered his vehicle and his wife, Jennifer, was on the phone with John telling him to go to Fairview Road. While at the residence, Matthew observed a large, dark SUV pull up on the street. Stop right there. Stop right there. If you were a real detective in this case and you actually wanted to do an actual report on this, wouldn't you ask Matt McCabe, who else was in the house with you? Tell me, tell me the name of every single person who was in that house. They never talk about it. They have no interest at all in figuring out who is in the house because that is not the angle that they're going with. They're going with this crazy bitch killed him. And so they're going to talk about how much she drank and her car and all this stuff. So while at the Fairview Road residence, he observed a large dark SUV pull up onto the street. Matthew was looking out the front door for some reason. He's just standing there looking out the front door. 
and described the SUV initially parked in front of the house. He looked out a window and observed the same vehicle had moved towards the right side of the property. From his vantage point inside through the front door, the vehicle was to his right or left side of the property if looking at the house. His last sighting of the vehicle on Fairview Road was in the area of where the victim was discovered. So she must have done it, right? How about this? And we're going to get to this. This is interesting. At 525, troopers Matthew Dunn and David DeKitkio conducted an interview of Carrie Roberts. At approximately five, and a lot of people say, well, well, Carrie Roberts wasn't in the house. Why would she lie? She was John's friend. Why would she lie? Because she just doesn't like can't read, period. And maybe she, maybe she thinks she did this. I don't know. Maybe she doesn't want to think that Jennifer McCabe is capable of this. But they are. She's obviously a stupid person, too. I mean, keep in mind, J Carrie Roberts is a drunk. She lives in a house with a husband who they routinely get in domestic situations. Her husband was charged with domestic assault and battery in 2020. So these kids grow up witnessing domestic abuse. The house is chaotic, obviously. And so she says, I was so drunk, I don't even remember going to your sister's last night. That's what Karen stated to Carrie. She, Carrie stated she believed that Karen was still intoxicated. She believes it. And she didn't remember anything. Okay, so that's, uh, Karen. I doubt Karen Reed ever said that. Jennifer's sister lives at 34 Fairview Road. She followed Karen's black Lexus back to John's house. Carrie drove Jennifer and Karen to 34 Fairview Road to look for John. She described the weather as whiteout conditions as they were driving around. As they arrived at 34 Fairview, Karen stated, there he is, I see him from inside the vehicle. She stated that only Karen saw John as he was covered in snow, covered in snow. Covered? In, there was less than two inches of snow on the ground. How could he be covered in snow? It would be impossible to cover a body that big in snow that early on. Carrie stated that as they exited the vehicle, Karen stated, I see him. Carrie was not able to see him due to the weather conditions. Carrie observed John approximately 12 feet from the roadway with the swollen right eye and laceration above it and blood around the nose and mouth. She began CPR and called and, and called 911. On February 1st, I, Trooper Proctor, spoke with Carrie via phone, who stated that approximately 5 a.m. she was contacted by Karen. Carrie answered the phone to hear Karen state, Carrie, Carrie, I wonder if he's dead. It's snowing. He got hit by a plow. Again, that's a not an incriminating statement at all to say that I, I like she's opining about where could he be? Did he get hit by a goddamn plow? Like what happened here? Did he leave the house? Did something bad happen? Like, where is he? Where is John? She has not seen the body at that point. Um, on January 29th at 4.30 p.m., we arrived in Dighton at the residence of Karen Reed's parents. Sergeant Bukaki and I observed a large black Lexus SUV. So 4.30 p.m., the vehicle is registered to Karen Reed. The vehicle was parked outside in the driveway. In front of a garage door, we observed the right Right with the rear right passenger side taillight to be shattered. 
a large red plastic piece was missing from the taillight. Well, that's weird because we pulled up Dighton police records again. We pulled up Dighton police records and they showed us that actually he called for a tow at 2.30 p.m. So why would he do that if he didn't, if he hadn't seen the shattered and notice the language he's using, they use the word cracked. He used the word shattered. There is a big difference between cracked and shattered. If your window is cracked, that means it's got one of those lines through it. If it's shattered, that means that Dennis the menace threw a baseball through it. That's the difference between cracked and shattered. There is a big difference. We observed the right, um, it was shattered. A large red plastic piece was missing from the taillight. But we took no pictures of it. Sergeant Bukaki and I were invited inside the home by the homeowners. Karen was seated on the living room couch and agreed to speak with us. So this is Karen Reed's biggest mistake was ever talking to this cocksucker. But again, what is she's a financial analyst who's never been in trouble with the law in her life and assumes the police are there to help her because she was dating a cop and she has no idea what is happening right now, that she's actively in the process of being framed for murder. Um, so, a large, let's see, Karen stated she met the victim at CF McCarthy's it's at 9 p.m. The victim was there with several friends. She was consuming beer and she was drinking vodka sodas. She described the glassware she was drinking as a vase style she stated that her and the victim left C.F. McCarthy's and went to the waterfall. Again, none of this matters. Like, what? why does any of this matter? She did not leave C.F. McCarthy's or enter the waterfall with a glass or drink. Who gives a fuck? Who cares? She and the victim were at the waterfall for approximately one hour. During that time, there were no altercations or arguments amongst anyone. When she and the victim left the waterfall, they were invited to Fairview Road. She stated that she dropped the victim off at the house on Fairview and went home since she was having stomach issues at the previous bar. Karen stated as she dropped the victim off, she made a three-point turn in the street and left. That is a fucking lie. That is an absolute lie. And that's a good point too, Teresa. Thank you for bringing this up. I'm so sick of hearing about how much Karen Reed was drinking when all of these other, uh, Karen Reed's such a bad person. She was drinking, driving. What the fuck do you think Jennifer and Matthew McCabe were doing all day? What do you think that they were doing all day? At least Karen got there at nine because she works for a living. Unlike the rest of these slobs who apparently just sit around drinking boxed wine and planning murders. So Jennifer McCabe was drinking and driving all day too. And so is Matthew McCabe, but we never hear about them, how plastered they were. And despite being so drunk and drinking all day, they stayed up till five in the morning too. Okay. Okay. All right. So they were invited to the house. She did not see the victim. So that is a lie. This whole thing about Karen Reed doing a three point turn is a 100% lie. Karen Reed never said that. Her defense team denies that this conversation ever took place. So that's just a, a bald faced lie on the part of Proctor. And then you have to get in his mind. Like, why is he lying about that? We know that's a lie for several reasons. Number one is that if she, it would have been the wrong way. You're going away from Meadows Avenue that way. 
And number two, you could have gotten, if she hit him and doing that three-point turn and broke her taillight, they went door to door. I have spoken to multiple people, multiple people who live on Cedar Crest and Dedham Street, which is where she would have gone if she did a three-point turn. She would have gone on Cedar Crest to Dedham. I spoke with multiple people on those streets who had Bukaki come up to their house and ask to review their ring camera. Multiple people. And they did. They obliged. And there was no video of Karen Reed going home. None. They wanted there to be, but there wasn't. But there was hundreds of ring cameras going the other way on Fairview Road. They didn't stop at a single one of those people's homes and ask for their ring camera. Not one of them. Not one of them. So this is the lie that they're immediately pushing is the three-point turn fallacy. There was never any three-point turn. And even they now are changing their tune with it thanks to Turtle Boy investigators out there who said, who pointed out in their recreation that, oh yeah, if she did a three-point turn, it would have been the, 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 the left taillight that was broken, not the right. And it would have been physically impossible to accelerate to 27 miles an hour ever in reverse. Like try going 27 miles an hour in reverse. You feel like you're about to die. Like this is so dangerous. 27 miles an hour reverse is scary. Try it. I wouldn't recommend it. I got up to 15. I'm like, whoa. No, nope, nope, nope. That's dangerous. So 27 miles an hour in reverse. There is not enough room on Fairview Road to reach that velocity. It's just mathematically impossible. But this is what, you know, Proctor's not good at math. He went to Anna Maria. Okay, don't hold it against him. He goes on to say, that uh, she dropped him off and made the three-point turn. She did not see the victim enter the house. That's another lie. She did. She saw John go in the house. Of course she saw John go in the house because she stayed there for 10 minutes waiting for him to text her and say, I'm good. But you can't do that if you're dying. Like That's what's really freaky is she was sitting out there while they were killing him. That's fucked up. And then she's like, oh, I guess he's okay. I'm going home. There's that. Imagine she went in. Oh, my God. Imagine that. Like, that's how you know that Mike, Matt McCabe probably was looking out the window. Because they were just like, when is this bitch going to leave? She needs to get the fuck out of here. And as soon as you, you know how you know that Karen left at 1231? You know how you know that? Because Colin made his phone call at 1233. That's how you know. They couldn't leave until Karen left, right? Colin Albert can't leave the house until Karen Reed gets the fuck out of there. So they were just looking out the window at her like they got a fucking bleeding out, a body bleeding out in the basement or wherever. And they're like, is this bitch going to leave? She needs to get, the, I hope she doesn't come in. If she comes in, we're fucked. She needs to get the fuck out of here. So they were just counting down the seconds until she left. Picture how happy they were 
when Cameron Reed drove away. When like, oh, finally. It must have been the biggest relief to them. Like, oh, she's because they look, they have John's phone too. And they see you're texting. You okay? You all set? And they're like, oh, is this bitch going to leave? Is this bitch going to leave? And when they left, it must have been like, oh, thank God. Now we can start fucking covering this up. Like, I don't think they would, like, they're not going to kill, they can't kill two people. They're not going to do that. They're not going to do that. So, all right. So, back to this. It goes on, says, well, at two bars, no, she goes on, where is it? Um, Karen told investigators that she first observed the broken taillight in the morning and didn't know how she broke it last night. Yeah. Who would? Well, at the two bars, Karen stated that she did not observe any injuries on the victim's arms. And the victim did not suffer any injuries or cuts while at the bars. She discovered the victim in the morning. She observed him lying face up, snow on his legs, eyes swollen, blood coming out of his mouth and nose. And that's it. blood coming out of his nose and mouth. I'm not a scientist or a biologist or anything. But I've been around, you know, a dead body before. Like I found, like, this is traumatic. Like my college roommate died. And he had been dead for like eight hours when maybe longer, actually, maybe like 12 hours when they found, we found his body and like the blood on his head had come out of his nose and his mouth and everything. He choked on it all. And it was like all scabbed and shit by then. Like it was, he was not actively bleeding anymore. If John was out there for five and a half hours dying, right? He wouldn't be like actively, he would have bled out by then. And it's fucking frozen. Like his, everything would have been frozen. That's how, that's how you know that he was not out there at 12. He wasn't, he wasn't out there for five and a half hours. He was out there for a couple hours at most. So goes on to say. Karen, uh, when Karen discovered the blood, she observed him lying. Okay, so th that's how we know that's all bullshit. Anyway, uh, on January 30th at approximately 1 p.m., Bukaki and I interviewed Katie McLaughlin at the Canton Police Department. The only first responder. Do we know how many firefighters were there? Do we know how many firefighters were there? Do we have... I have turtle riders. You want to hear... I don't know if I'm keep, supposed to keep this a secret or not. Fuck it. I'm just going to say this. So I have one agent that we call her. <laughs> she took one for the team. She went on a dating app and she went out with a Canton firefighter who was at the scene that day. And the dude tells a different story from Katie McLaughlin. Let's just put it that way. He was never spoken to, never spoken to by the Canton Police Department. Never spoken to by michael proctor the only one of the first how many first responders were there i would imagine there was a team of emts and firefighters that arrived yet they only spoke with one first responder on the record they could have talked to why didn't they talk to every single first responder and get what all of them said they only spoke with katie mclaughlin and what they fail to point out, of course, as we know now, is that Katie McLaughlin is a close personal friend 
of Caitlin Albert so close that they went on spring break and shit together. And Caitlin Albert, according to them in the house, left at 12.15 when she was picked up by her idiot boyfriend, Tristan Morris, who, oh yeah, by the way, is trying to become a Canton police officer. And Chris Albert is the one that gets to decide how many Canton police officers there will be. Oh yeah. So the Caitlin Albert story also makes no sense because Caitlin Albert was at the waterfall bar. They closed down the waterfall. If Jen McCabe got back to the house at 1218, then Caitlin Albert must've gotten there around the same time. So how the fuck did she leave at 1215? And why would she leave? Like, why would she go back to 34 Fairview road just to leave with Tristan? Where, where are they going? These people all party together. Like this is, that's the fun. Like the party starts at midnight with the Alberts. The parties, the night is young. That's how these people roll. The night is young. But anyway, she's close personal friends at her. And Katie stated that at 5 a.m. Can't fire an EMS were dispatched. I think they meant 6 a.m. For a male party discovered in snow. Upon arrival, they observed the victim being worked on by paramedics. Once inside the ambulance, she observed the victim have trauma to his face and eye area. She observed the victim wearing socks and jeans and one black Nike sneaker. At no point did, you know, Katie McLaughlin say, where's this, where's this other sneaker? Anybody seen his other sneaker? It must be in the house. Where else could his other sneaker be? And how stupid are these people for not putting that shoe back on, John, by the way? Dumb, dumb, dumb. Um, she observed blah, blah, blah. She described Karen as a white female, approximately five, five thin brown hair in her early forties and age. She provided the victims, Karen provided the victim's name and date of birth. Katie asked Karen if she knew where the victim suffered the trauma to his face and stated that Karen turned to her friend and stated, I hit him. I hit him. I hit him. So Katie McLaughlin says to Karen Reed, do you know how he got those marks on his face? Well, Katie McLaughlin, it must've been Alexis going in reverse, right? Cause that makes a ton. That makes a shit ton. You're, you're asking a good question there, sweetheart. But as a paramedic, you should probably know that that Alexis didn't cause that dear. He didn't land on asphalt. He landed on grass. So yeah. And so she asks him, she asks Karen, do you know what happened to his face? And Karen doesn't answer her. She turns to a friend, Carrie Roberts or whoever, and goes, I hit him, I hit him, I hit him. Well, that's what you say, Katie McLaughlin. No one else says that. No one else says that. It also could have been, could I have hit him? Could I have hit him? to suggest that that is somehow an admittance of guilt. So if, if we were to believe this, we were to believe that Karen Reed right there is admitting she did it. That's a confession as far as the district attorney's office and the police are concerned. So why was she allowed to leave the scene? Why was she not arrested? She is the prime suspect, right? You've determined this and you just let her leave with the murder weapon. That's insane. That makes no sense. On January 29th at 5.30, Bukaki and I seized the black Lexus from the driveway at 
Diamond Towing tracked the vehicle back to the Cannes Police Department where it was secured. So why? Okay, so first of all, we see later on it wasn't towed at 5.30. It was towed at 4.12 p.m. And on top of that, why are you bringing it back to the Canton Police Department? You don't work for the Canton Police, Michael Proctor. So why on earth are you bringing it back to the Canton Police Department? Okay. And MJ, MJ Oko says, please take that bug off your collar. He donates $5 and said that. What, I have a bug on my collar? Do I? Is that really a bug? Oh, it's on this side? That is a bug. What the hell was that? Hmm. Well, thank you, sir. <laughs> that is annoying. And thanks for the dono, too. But anyone else wants to Let me check the turtle chats. Oh, no. We, uh, actually, hold on. I got a couple cash apps here. I want to read to the class. Lu Kang Butterball sends $10 and said, good work, turtle douche, you loser. <laughs> yeah, I love this shirt, by the way. This shirt is so funny. Somebody just, I, turtle riders are the best. Look what it says. Look at this one. It says, <laughs> guess what? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> is that not the, that's my, that was my favorite line. It was, guess what? Shut the fuck up. Because like, guess what? You're supposed to guess. Guess what? chicken butt well guess what i don't know you tell me correct answer shut the fuck up is the correct answer i wasn't expecting that one <laughs> guess what what you tell me what joe shut the fuck up oh that, that wasn't my first guess that was not my first guess <laughs> guess what shut the fuck up you're a loser you're a fucking loser what's the other one say go get a new name you turtle douche. <laughs> Go get a new name, you turtle douche. Uh, yeah, why do you all say that? Like, why do you all say, you loser? Why? Where does this all come from? Loser. So thank you for that, Dono. Also got another cash up. What the hell is that? From Kelly Cronin sends $10. Says, for the protesters are getting paid and we are donating willingly. Thank you very much, Kelly. Yeah. Again, if anyone else wants to donate, uh, the link to the turtle chat, if somebody wants to post it in there, you can do that. Or you can post, you can donate right on Rumble. There's a dollar sign thing on the bottom there. And I will read those out loud to the class as you write your message. Katie, somebody says Katie McLaughlin was asked, and my cash up is dollar sign Uncle Turtle Boy. Olivia says Katie McLaughlin was asking Karen about trauma to his face. Why does she assume when Karen says I hit him that she means with her car? She's asking about why his face is beaten. It's a good question. Good question. Then she made fun of me for going to Truro like it's a bad thing. Yeah, you think you're so cool because you go to Truro. Okay, it's Cape Cod. It's not like Nantucket. Like, stop it. It's not that big of a deal. Okay. A lot of people go on vacation to the Cape. It's a thing. All right. It's not that big a deal. All right. Chill out. All right. Any other stupid jurors here? A lot of potential stupid jurors. Like we're all stupid jurors. Okay. Okay. Again, and Eldon, like I gotta talk about Eldon for a minute here. Because Eldon is mess is one of these people I talked about that is trying to piggyback off of this story with his own story. Okay. He's messaged us a thousand times with like long fucking things. 
And every time he comments on the Facebook page, it's about his thing. He, he says he got screwed over and railroaded. Maybe he did. Maybe he did. And he's like, Kevin Reddington screwed me over and blah, blah, blah. Maybe that's all true. Okay. It's not your time. Okay. This isn't, this isn't your time to talk about your thing. Cause I don't know. You could be full of shit too, Eldon. I haven't had time to look into any of this and I'm just sick of the people. This is a lot of people are doing this, trying to piggyback off of this story with their own story. And they never, whenever they comment, it's never about like, oh man, Karen Reed's really getting a raw deal. It's like, oh yeah, me too. Let's talk about me, 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 me. Here's my story. Here's my 50 million fucking messages. And then he messages me again. And is like, did you get my last message? Yeah, I got all your fucking messages. I didn't read any of them because it's one gigantic fucking paragraph of insanity. And I don't have two years of my life to analyze every freaking sentence in it. Okay. If you have a story idea, send me one paragraph, five sentences, sum it up, sum it up and send evidence. And they said, no, I want to prove a point and tell the truth. It's not your fucking time, Eldon. This isn't your fucking time. Maybe revisit this in six months, okay? It, you are trying to piggyback off of the Karen Reed story with your story, which might be bullshit for all I fucking know, okay? So it's not your time. So please stop messaging me about it. I don't give a fuck. I'm just going to block you, okay? Not your time, Eldon. Right. Write your own fucking blog. Okay. You're not interrupting the Karen Reed story. Anyway, sorry. I, I had, I had to, I had to do a rant about that. Cause enough of this. Stop fucking telling me stories, everyone about your corruption too. We're, we can get to it when we can. I'm one guy with a blog and a YouTube show. Chill out. All right. Anyway, let's go. Let's go back to the charge bag. So again, if anyone else wants to donate, uh, the link, uh, if turtle chat, if someone could post that in there, or you can cash at me a dollar sign, uncle turtle boy, or you can just donate on the rumble champ. Okay. So let's get back to this. Oh, we got another rumble chant here. $10 from smart food says, why didn't Proctor and his partner take any photos of the shattered taillight in the driveway in Dighton? Exactly. That's exactly what I thought. Like they didn't take pictures of anything. Wouldn't you want to like really secure this? Wouldn't you really want to secure this? All right. Anyway, uh, let's get back to this. Let's read this. So, on February 1st, members of the um, the CARS team, they did the, okay, the members of the collision analysis reconstruction section and laboratory chemist processed the Lexus at the camp police department fragments of broken glass was observed on the rear bumper of the vehicle somehow after going 40 miles south in a snowstorm to Dayton and then being towed back there was still fragments of light on the bumper and pieces missing from the red and clear areas on the right side of the rear tailgate a deep scratch a deep scratch we've seen the pictures it wasn't that deep and minor dent was observed on the right side of the rear bumper above a small red light, two scratches were observed in one area where the paint was chipped off. Troopers from the cars performed a rapid acceleration. They determined it worked and basically blah, blah, blah. So she would have known 
that someone was there. Basically, that's what they're saying there. The cert team was activated to assist. Look now, look at this. Look at this. On Ma the Massachusetts Special Emergency Response Team was activated to assist in searching for potential evidence outside of 34 Fairview Road. But notice what they don't have here. Do you guys notice what they don't have here? They do have it later on in the documents that we found it later on. Anybody notice what they don't have here? Let's see if any commenters can figure this out. What do they not have here? You've got ads now, TV. Let's go. I do. The time, cross-eyed Mary. Yes, the time. Notice there's no time. This is the Stoughton This is the first charging document. There's no time about when the cert team happened. Why would Proctor not put the time that the cert team did their search? Because he doesn't want them to know what they did the time. He doesn't want them to know what happened at 545. Because if they find out what time he towed the car back there, they're going to be like, oh, well, you had time to plant it, didn't you? You had time to plant it. So he intentionally does not put the time. When looking at the Fairview Road from the street, there's a fire hydrant on the far left of the property. Members located a black Nike sneaker along the side. What do you mean they located? Was it buried? Because it's so weird because the can police did not see any gigantic shoe. I mean, how do you miss a fucking shoe? A big shoe. How do you miss that? They just, but they missed it. Luckily, a foot of snow on top of that made the shoe suddenly appear. Okay. It matches the one that he was wearing, the victim was wearing. In the same area, two red plastic pieces of taillight were discovered, which somehow the can police didn't find. One piece of clear plastic piece of the taillight was located in the same area, consistent with the broken taillight on the SUV. Oh, okay. Based on information in the paragraphs, I'm charging her with manslaughter. I mean, if you were to look at this, even with these charging documents, how does any of this amount to manslaughter? Any of this? There's no blood on the vehicle. Like there's nothing. Nobody saw this happen. Nobody heard anything. No other possibilities of how his, how he got like this were, you know, pondered. We don't, we don't, we, we don't know anyone who was in the house. They don't even talk about who was in nowhere in these charging documents. Do they ever talk about who was in that house at all? Cause Karen says he went inside. So you need to find out who was in there because she, she's, she matters too. Like what she says needs to be, you cannot just assume she's lying. And you'd especially take pictures of all the evidence. Totally. There are no pictures from the scene. Nothing. Nobody took any pictures. And we're to assume this is all on the up and up. So there's that. So that's how she got charged. 
with manslaughter. Now, let me go back to the blog here because I, 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 it's going to be important as this story picks up steam and the Wendy Murphys of the world are going to try to kind of be, you know, like the official, oh, I'm the legal expert on this. She does, she's not a legal expert on anything. She cannot control the narrative wherever Wendy Murphy appears and she will try to insert herself in the story. She knows nothing about it, but she's such a camera whore that she is going to try to get on every network. Anytime Wendy Murphy appears on any stream, any show, anything, we need all of you people, a swarm of you to just fill her, fill the comment section. Email them. Tell them about the Duke Lacrosse. Like the blog I put, send it to them. The, her comments about Duke Lacrosse alone, about those innocent boys being becoming rapists because they were molested as kids, is disqualifying from any sort of decent life. So we just need to be all over that. We need to be all over that. Anyway, so let's... Uh, so basically why I wrote this blog on Friday, it was a long one. It was the only blog I did on Friday. I'm like, we need to put something together here that combats everything that you just read, because they are going to the initial thing that everybody wants to look at. If you're doing this fairly is you have to read the charging documents. You have to assume that the district attorney's office is fair because you can't just assume that, you know, we know, we know that the district attorney's office is corrupt. But the average person does not. So they're initially going to look at the charging documents. We need to be able to have an explanation for that when we discuss this. So, number one, Karen Reed told Jen McCabe and Carrie Roberts in the car that she hit him. The response to that is that Karen Reed, you know, if Karen Reed confessed to killing John multiple times, she never would have been allowed to leave the scene. So it's not a confession. Like that means nothing. Her saying, I did it. I did it. Whatever she said means nothing because she was allowed to leave the scene. She was not considered a suspect. It's not a confession to anything, right? Nobody would assume in her position that John was beaten inside the house. Karen never once stated that she hit John O'Keefe. Never. This is important to point out too. Jen McCabe is the one who claims that she said that. And Jen McCabe benefits directly from lying. So you need to point that out when you debate this, that Jennifer McCabe benefits directly from lying. Let me read this chat here. Fran Smart Food sends $5, says, how does the shoe land right on the curb, right in front of his body? So Lucky pushed John 12 feet off the curb, but the shoe ended up exactly on the I don't understand the question. Lucky didn't push John at all. But yeah. Okay. Um, so back to this. So yeah, we point that out. Then Jen McCabe stayed at 34 Fairview Road for five and a half hours to come up with something. And at nine o'clock, again, nine o'clock comes around in the morning. She's already here for three hours. Suddenly, she decides to change her story to, oh yeah, Karen said something that she recalled new information that she was not sure if law enforcement was aware of. 
and that she said something to the effect of, I hope I didn't hit him. She didn't say that before. She didn't tell Proctor that initially, but now she calls Lank up her, the fixer and is like, Oh, I actually remember him saying something else, her saying something else. I hope I didn't hit him. Not did I hit him? It's I hope I didn't hit him. Horrible. So number two, Carrie, this, they'll say that Carrie Roberts has no reason to lie because she wasn't in the house and isn't being accused of killing John O'Keefe. And she didn't even know Jennifer McCabe. She did know Jennifer McCabe. Their kids are friends. They come to court together. They've both lived in Canton most of their lives. Carrie Roberts told police that Karen said, John's dead, Carrie. I wonder if it's dead. If he's dead, it's snowing. He got hit by a plow. But that's not an immense of shit. It only shows how confused she was. Because she's like, how did this happen? What are, you know, it's, what if he got hit by a plow? She's coming out like she's pondering shit. But I thought this was very interesting, this tidbit of information that I pulled up here. I went, again, you can learn a lot by looking at Gemma Cave's phone logs. And look at, like she called, she spent the entire day on no sleep on the phone. She talked to Coco, her sister, for 23 minutes at 2.55 p.m. At 3.43 p.m., she spoke to Carrie Roberts. She called Carrie Roberts. Only talked to her for five seconds because she had a call from Coco that she was going to make instead, and they spoke for 13 minutes. Then at 3.57, Carrie Roberts calls her. She gets an incoming call from Carrie Roberts, and they speak for 35 minutes. These two people who don't know each other. It's just going to 35 minutes. They speak on the phone. What were they talking about for 35 minutes? What is there to talk about? You barely know each other. Then it makes a bunch of more calls. Now this was interesting because at 516, at 516, Carrie makes a call that lasts eight minutes. Or Dick, Jen makes a call to Carrie that lasts eight minutes. So that brings us to approximately 524. And then she gets off the phone. She gets off the phone. And at 525, she has this answer. First of all, look at this too. Like, this is interesting. I didn't even notice this. I cut this part off. At 5.27 p.m., she calls Coco. 5.27, she calls Coco and talks to her for 21 minutes. But Michael Proctor says that she was interviewed at 5.25. But how could she be... Oh, no, I apologize. That's Jen. I apologize. So we're back on Carrie. I'm getting them confused here. Okay. So she hangs up with Carrie at 524 and then 525. She's interviewed by state troopers. Do you get this? Do you see what I'm getting at here? What? Like, so this whole thing about Carrie Roberts wouldn't lie. Carrie Roberts was coached what to say. 
We know that because Jen McCabe called her at 516 and spoke to her for nine minutes. She barely knows her and she speaks to her for nine minutes. And as soon as the conversation ends, it has to end because the state police arrive at Carrie Roberts house. So she was literally coached what to say. She had just spoken with Jen McCabe. Why is Jen McCabe spending so much time with Carrie Roberts on that day? And yes, Jen and Coco are sisters. They, like Jen, Carrie Roberts is being coached what to say here. She says everything that Jen, everything that Carrie Roberts says is favorable to Jen McCabe. Everything. Okay. Karen Reed, they'll say, confessed to firefighters at the scene of the crime. But again, that was not a confession. She wasn't even talking to Katie McLaughlin. According to Katie McLaughlin's own words, she asked him about how he suffered the trauma to his face and she turned to her friend. So she wasn't even responding to Katie McLaughlin. Again, my cousin Vinny. Let's talk about that for a moment. He paid for the groceries. And then what? We went out to the car, and that's it. When did you shoot him? What? At what point did you shoot the clerk? I shot the clerk. Yes, when did you shoot him? I shot the clerk. Hey, Dean, we need you out here. I'm in the middle of a damn confession here. Whoa! Whoa! Wait a minute! I asked him if he did it, and he said, I shot the clerk. I asked him again, and again he said, I shot the clerk. Your Honor, no further questions. There we go. So that's it. Like this, I mean, seriously. I shot the clerk. I shot the clerk. I hit him. I hit him. To say that that's a confession is absurd. And by the way, thank you for the donor there from Stag92 who says, where is the hat, turtle boy? She, he sends $20, by the way. And he says, has always bothered me. It would show blunt force to the back of his head. It didn't disappear. That's a great question. The defense in their filings this week, they filed a motion this week asking for a whole bunch of evidence that has not been turned over, including the his hat, which is, of course, going to be covered in blood and is the site of the blunt force, right? And wasn't on his body when they found him. And his arm tissue samples, which the court ordered the state police to hold on to for DNA testing. They just don't have it. They just, they don't have it. They don't have it. They are destroying evidence in front of our eyes. This is such an injustice, guys. Like, I'm so sick of being asked the question by people like Vinnie Politan, who asked me, like, do you know this woman? No, fucking Vinny, I don't know this woman. I'm just a little bit outraged. I'm a little bit outraged, and so is everyone else here. And none of these people protesting for, they don't know her either. But we're a little bit fucking insulted and offended by the fact that the institutions that we are supposed to trust are treating us like we're so stupid that we believe they're bullshit. That we, that we can't look at the autopsy photos and see what happened. That we think it's okay and normal for them to just not hand over evidence, to play these fucking games 
in a murder trial. So no, Vinny, I don't know Karen Reed. My anger in this doesn't stem from the fact that I'm friends with this woman or want to bang her or any of this other bullshit that these people say. I'm offended as an American citizen that they're doing this in front of our eyes and we're, it, it, we're all just looking at us like, what the fuck? This is, how is this happening with the Google search and all this? And then we hear their bullshit explanations and it makes it even worse. And we're just like, fuck these people. Every day it gets worse. So that, Vinny, is why we're so fired up about this. Is because what was happening right now to Karen Reed is outrageous. And there are murderers walking free. And that endangers all of us. And so that is like, I'm so sick of that question from people like Vinny. Do you know this? No, I don't fucking know this. I don't know this woman. I don't know this fucking woman. But I feel a little bit bad for her. Okay? Well, not a little bit bad for her. I feel very bad for her. That she is the victim of this massive and obvious police cover-up. And I'm a little sick of John's fucking family too. Let me rant about them. Okay? Let me rant about them for one minute. And again, it's a tough one with John's family. Right, because like you don't want to get accused of the bullshit or whatever, like, oh, you know. But I, I, I point and again, don't message me, this will come up. So that Vanessa Taylor chick, right? She's the one that like four months ago, she's like, Why are you put she messaged me like, Why are you posting Johnny's? I'm his cousin, why are you posting his autopsy photos? Blah blah blah. Because the autopsy photos tell the truth. Why don't you want to look at the autopsy photos? So she does this. And this really pissed me off today when I saw this shit. Okay. So she posts this. Okay. And it's just so self-serving. It's so self-serving. Let me read this to you. As many of you know, a year and a half ago, I unexpectedly lost my cousin, Boston police officer, John O'Keefe. Okay. And just look at this girl. Okay. Like she's so... She wants, she's like, a, I'm a news anchor. I work for a news media outlet. She like lectured me about it. Like, okay, stop it. You're just a chick with an Instagram account. Stop it. So I got a tattoo in his honor. I got a tattoo. So she gets this tattoo. And look at me. I got a tattoo. JJO 2490. That's all John was to them. That's all John was to them, was a cop. He, was, he wasn't even a person to them. He was just a cop. They never talk about like who he was as a person, anything. They never talk about how he raised two kids and did this and whatever. They're just like, oh, he's a cop. Because they love to hide behind the thin blue line bullshit. Be like, oh, police, you know, it's the blue line, support blue light. That's why Jennifer McKeeba's blue lights outside of her house. It's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. And I'm sorry, the whole like, look at me. I got a tattoo. I care about him. The tattoo is one step up from the ghetto trash t-shirt. The hood boogers love to get the t-shirt when one of their homies gets smoked. They love to get the t-shirt and, and, and drink some Hennessy and pour one out for my homies. I can't believe he died at age 23. He had such a promising life of selling heroin in Lawrence. Things were going so well for him. And he was raising his three illegitimate children by not paying any child support. But he was about to. 
He was about to turn his life around and open a barbershop up. The tattoo in remembrance is like one step above that. It's just like you, it's a little more money than the t-shirt. So it's like, look at, we got the, uh, you know, we got the tattoo. I have a tattoo. And what am I, I'm going to put his badge number. Cause that's all he really was to me. He's a cop. So I can do the whole, like I support the blue. Look at me. And here's my question for this woman is instead of getting a fucking tattoo, why don't you read the goddamn charging documents? Why don't you actually read about this case? Why aren't you demanding justice for him? Like we are instead of getting a fucking tattoo. The rumble stream is frozen. Is it? Let me see. Somebody said the rumble stream is. Right. It seems to be working fine. That's working fine. Fake news. Think that you guys can still see me on Rumble. Yeah, Rumble's fine. Okay. There we go. All right. So back to this. Back to this chick's thing. Because this one, you know, this just pissed me off today. I wanted to talk about it. So she says, on January 29th, my cousin was murdered and left to die in a snowbank. Murdered? Okay. Yeah, he was murdered. By Brian Albert and Colin Albert and Jennifer McCabe. And left to die in a snowbank. There was no snowbank, okay? On the side of the road in the middle of a nor'easter. I'll never forget the day I got a call from my brother saying, Johnny, oh, Johnny, fucking Johnny. Who the fuck? Stop it, Johnny. It's a grown-ass fucking man. 46 years old. You think he's going by fucking Johnny? The only reason they're calling him Johnny is to be like, oh, look at me. I knew him so well. He wasn't John to me. He was Johnny. He was JJ. Nobody fucking called him that. Stop it. Nobody called him Johnny. He's a grown-ass fucking man. Grown-ass men do, no, do not go by Johnny. Stop it. Stop it. Anyway, I, I just, that's, that's a pet peeve of mine when they say Johnny. He got hit by... Um, was in the hospital and we think he got hit by a snowplow. I dropped to my knees when 20 minutes later, I got another call saying he didn't make it. So why did you think he got hit by a snowplow? Whatever to my cousin roommate and roommate, John is 46. This chick was like 24 years old when this happened. How was he your roommate and friend? I love you and miss you every day. Do you? It's the little moments I miss the most, like coming home from work every day to have dinner and watch a movie with the kids. She did that every day. Did Karen Reed know her? Because Karen Reed lived at the house. So you came home every day and had from work and watched a movie with the kids. Did you actually do that every day? Not a single day goes by where I don't think about you. This is just so narcissistic. It's so fucking sick. It's so, look at me. I miss him so, I miss Johnny so much. I got a tattoo on my wrist. I miss him so much. I really cared about him. If you cared about John, you would be, you would be with us. You'd be demanding justice. You would, again, they lucked out so much by killing a guy whose family just doesn't give a shit. Like clearly doesn't give a shit. Sandra Birchmore was the same way. 
Sandra Birchmore's family was gone, essentially. No, and that's why that that chick was murdered too by a cop. Matthew Farwell killed her. Let's keep it a buck. And the Camp Police Department didn't even pursue it because she didn't have. A, if you don't have a family to advocate for you, it's all different ballgame. Even some of the most ghetto trash people in the world, if they had all of this evidence out there of what happened, they'd be like, wait a minute, wait. At least say, we want answers for this shit. We want an explanation for this. But they're not doing anything. They're not doing anything. Like, so get out there. Show us a kid. I haven't, I haven't seen this woman at a single court appearance either. If you care so much, why aren't you going to the court days? And don't tell us because because you're booing them. Uh, we didn't start doing that till recently. May third, you weren't there. May twenty fourth, you weren't there. Why aren't you comforting the family at these court hearings? You're nowhere to be found, but you got your tattoo, so you must care. Then she says, "Not a single day goes by where I don't think about you, me, 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 me." And now I have a piece of you with me. Every time I take in life. I feel safe knowing that I have you here with me at all times. To this day, I still go back and read our texts. And it breaks my heart knowing if I sent another, I wouldn't get a response. I'll forever cherish all of our memories, conversations and laughs that we shared. I feel like in situations like this, justice will never be served. What does that mean? Well, grateful for the support. No amount of national coverage, protests, fighting, answers, or convictions will ever be enough. Well, what the fuck do you want then? So it's like, oh, no matter what, I'm still so sad. Think me, 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 me. This whole fucking thing is about me. She's from this generation of assholes who just, all they can do talk about is themselves. That's it. Because they're not interesting people. There's nothing interesting about this person. So she just has to talk about herself. Yeah, does she have, like, where are the pictures? Where are your pictures, Vanessa? Thank you, Don. Where are the pictures of you guys together? You're, you're so close with Johnny, even though you're 22 years younger than him. You texted him every day. You went to his house. I never see any pictures. Of, where are the pictures of you and JJ? Johnny, I apologize, Johnny. You got your tattoo, though, didn't you? And you got your attention. More than anything. That's what this is all about. Attention. Look at me. Look how happy I am with my tattoo. Look at me. I got my Johnny tattoo. Ugh. It's sad to say there's not all supporters out there. Since my cousin's passing, many members of the media and general public have tortured and bullied my grieving family. My grieving family. No one's torturing or bullying you at all. As a matter of fact, your cunt sister-in-law or whatever. No, oh, he said the cunt word again. Yeah, he is. That's what Aaron O'Keefe is. She called up and harassed the owner of the Star Drive-In and for no reason in Taunton because they are supporting Karen Reed and harassed them. They harassed them over that. Attention seeker. Hope you guys all see that. She wants attention. Now she's got it. And these people love to be victims. Oh, poor me. Oh, just nothing. Shit didn't happen to you. 
and, and you don't give a shit. If you're not looking for answers, if you're cool with the fact that Jennifer McCabe is coming to these court hearings after finding out what she Googled at 227, do you, do you even know what you Googled? Have you even read any of this stuff? Do you give the slightest shit about John? No, you don't. No, you don't. Because all you care about is the attention about you. How you, you, his death as a police officer is useful to you. Because it got you a whole bunch of likes. How many how many likes did this get? It's all people like you give a shit about. Oh, 57 likes. Oh, and the, the caring one too. Let's see. Who, uh, any Rizzatanos on here? I bet there's a bunch. Hold on. Oh, that's the, just the caring one. What do we get over here? The chiropractic. Look at all these people. I saw some Rizzatanos in the comments. There's Leanne Rizzatano. Okay. Oh, just one. But anyway, it got her what she wanted. So I comment on it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to let her have it. Wait, what'd she say here? Uh, she said, we will never stop fighting. Since Johnny's passing, I feel lost. But I've noticed signs from heaven that bring me comfort. Almost every day in the morning and at night, I see the time 9-11. And I just know that's him letting me know He's watching over me and everything. will. He's watching over me. Fuck you. He's watching. If he's watching from heaven, he's watching over his niece and his nephew, not his 26 year old attention starved cousin who he's 22 years older than he's watching over me. She's taking his death and being like, me, 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 me. Johnny is watching me from heaven. Oh, my God. Disgusting. Disgusting. Again, they lucked out with the guy they killed. Because 99% of families ain't going to be putting up with this shit. He got these trash bags. Anyway. There's not, there's not many people in the world like Johnny. He was the most caring, genuine, selfless, kind-hearted person who would do anything for anyone and put others before himself. First of all, can you come up with a more generic thing to say about a human being? He would do anything for anyone and put others' needs before himself. That's, that's the kind of thing you say when you don't read the book and you have to do the book report presentation of the class. It's just generic. Like you read it on a fortune cookie. He would do anything for everyone. Can you be specific? How about you mention the fact that, oh yeah, he raised his niece and his nephew. I don't see that. That is the most selfless thing that John O'Keefe did was step up to the plate when his sister died and his brother-in-law died and raise and volunteer to raise their two children as his own. That is the greatest thing that John O'Keefe ever did. That's why John O'Keefe's in heaven right now. Because he did that. It is truly one of the most selfless acts a human being could do. And he should be, that is the first thing that everyone should talk about when they talk about John O'Keefe. She couldn't even mention that. She's just like, he would do anything for anyone. Can you be, and me, and me, he's watching me from heaven. Just disgusting. He's watching you from heaven. Disgusting. I can confidently say if I had, if I had one wish in the world, it would be to bring you back here with us. We will never stop fighting for you, Johnny. You'll never stop fighting for him. What the 
fuck are you doing to fight for him? What are you doing to fight for him? We're fighting so much harder for John O'Keefe than anyone in your family. You are contributing to the problem by supporting this sham prosecution of a woman who had clearly had nothing to do with it. You cannot like Karen Reed. She clearly had nothing to do with this. You're not demanding anything. Nothing. What are you doing to fight for John O'Keefe? Nothing. You're getting a fucking tattoo and posting about it. You narcissistic. See you next Tuesday. I can confidently say you're safe with God. Now keep on shining down because I love you. Okay. And then I, I mean, I couldn't let her, I see all these comments from people and I'm like, okay, I'm saying something. It's like, so we got Kat Arizatano says, how special that tattoo is. Same as you. Yeah. My new favorite. It's my new favorite tattoo. He's my new favorite tattoo. That's all. He's my favorite tattoo. Yeah. Thinking of you always. And then I'm like, you know, I think everyone who loved O'Keefe should show up at court in support. And therein lies the problem. No. If you gave a shit about John, you would not be supporting this sham prosecution. Stop it. If you, I think every, what I think everyone who loved the O'Keefe family should do is demand answers and, and support our protest for John O'Keefe. Cause that's what this is for. John O'Keefe. And who is the only person that tried to save John O'Keefe's life on that day? Karen Reed. Who is the only person that when given a voice about this actually mentioned the name John O'Keefe? Karen Reed. Where are any of these people holding press conferences demanding justice for John O'Keefe? No. What happens when the cameras start rolling? They run like rats. They run like rats. And then uh, I commented and I said, I said, your cousin was murdered by the Alberts and Jen McCabe. And you don't seem to care about that. Maybe do something to get justice instead of getting a tattoo. And then she says, I obviously care about what happened to my cousin. Oh, you do? Oh, okay. And then this trash bag with the ass tattoo, Maura Eldridge, who, whatever. She uh, says, are you just going to be a bitch for fun? Or do you want to suck it up and not maybe be a worthless son of a bitch to the morning family? I mean, that's kind of English. Whatever that means. And then Beverly Sellers says, if you truly want justice, show up at September 15th at 9 a.m. at Dedham Superior Court and stand for justice. Thank you. Karen didn't kill him. His so-called friends did. I know it's easier for you to believe Karen did that than have to think of this unimaginable. But you must, if ever you want your cousin to rest in peace. I'm sorry for the tragedy your family's going through, but please think of John. She doesn't like the comment. She doesn't comment on it at all. Doesn't comment. And I'm like, I go, so do we. I urge you to read the actual facts of the case and you'll understand the anger and resentment that millions of us have for the Alberts, Proctors, and McCabe's. It is war. It is more worthy of your time than getting a tattoo, which does nothing, which does nothing. And then I, again, I pose this because this is the most relevant thing. Just look at this. 
They want you to, whoever made this meme, I love you. They want you to believe that this Lexus did this. Stop it. And then what does this person say? Mora says, oh my God, yes. Posting the picture of a dead family member's skull is so respectful. You deserve a gold fucking star. Why do you think I'm posting the skull, stupid? To show what they did to him. It's just like, they're so stupid. It's just like, they don't even care. They don't even care about the big picture. Like, stupid, look at the picture. You think that car did that to him? No. But instead of focusing on that, they're like, why are you posting his picture? Because the picture speaks, tells the story, stupid. Because everyone, if you don't, if you believe that John O'Keefe was killed by Karen Reed, look at the picture and tell me that he was killed by that. You can't. You can't. But you got your tattoo, though. I go, do you think that those, in, and who liked that comment? She did. Vanessa did. She couldn't comment to any of those respectful comments from other people, but she can like that one. Because Why? Because all these people want to do is feel bad for themselves. That's all this is. None of these people give a shit about John O'Keefe. They all just want to take his death and use it as a way to promote their brand online. Oh, look at me. I got my tattoo. Justice for, J Justice for Johnny. I miss Johnny so much. We talked all the time. And she says, I go, I just want to know, do you think that those injuries were caused by that car? Sharing those images isn't doing what you think it is. I know you want justice, but to force a... Jenna Cuntiff. Okay. But to force a grieving family to look at his dead and abused body is absolutely not acceptable. You can fight for what you think is right without traumatizing them. Shut the fuck up, you sea cow. That's what I have to say to you, Jenna. How can I do that, Jenna? The man was murdered brutally by the Alberts. And you're like, you know who's the problem? Turtle boy. Turtle boy for pointing this out. For pointing this out. Yeah, unlike unlike the grieving family, I've actually looked at the photos. Maybe they should look at them too. Because clearly they have not. Can you answer me that? Can you answer me that? Because this person writes about, you know, this was a nice comment from Rita. And she's like, thank you. Okay, so. And Vanessa comments again, I'm sorry for your loss. That's beautiful. But then she just doesn't get the big, like, are you going to comment on this? Why doesn't your family want the truth? Yeah, I'm sure no one in the family wants fucking answers, dumbass. I haven't heard them ask for it. I heard them talk about the tattoos. I haven't heard anyone ask for that. So anyway, let me check the, um, sorry, I'm a little behind the chat there. Let me read a couple donos here. All right. Um, so we got a couple cash apps. We got one for Jay sends $20 and says for retainer for Reddington <laughs> to sue Wendy. I don't think Reddington does uh civil lawsuits more, if, more if you murder someone, you give them a call. Um, Jay Norris sends $10 and said, wouldn't John's phone die in the cold for that long? That's the other thing too. I think it, it depends on what you got. I mean, some people have like a Mophie, but yeah, a lot of iPhones die in the cold. Everybody knows that. So, um, again, if anyone else wants to donate, the link to Turtle Chat is in the bio below, uh, the description of this video. You can donate that way. 
or you can cash app dollar sign uncle turtle boy or you can post a message or you can do the whatever the super chat on rumble i will read your messages will take priority i will read them out loud to the class if you do this okay yes i'm always on top of the phone too when jen mccabe saw it so let me go let me rush through this other one back to this whole thing i want to rant about that all right so karen reads taillight fragments they tell us were adjacent to john o'keefe's body well we got an answer for that one too let me get that well canton like they're going to tell because this is what wendy said that the taillight fragments were found adjacent to his body actually the canton police searched the scene around 6 30 where his body was and there was no taillight that they believed he was struck by a car why are they collecting blood samples the only reason to collect blood samples is to see if it's someone else's blood. They thought that somebody got out of, they thought that some, they thought that the cocktail glass was the murder weapon initially. Duh. The mere fact that he's missing a shoe was probable cause to search the house because where else would the shoe be? And at 545, the cert team does a search and boom, finds this taillight at the top. So no, there was no taillight found until 12 hours later. Picture how much that freaked Karen Reed out. Like she must have been wondering the whole freaking time. Like, how the fuck did my tail like get there? That must have been bothering her so much. Like, how did my goddamn tail like to get there? And oh yeah, look at this. Look at look at this picture of the car being towed. You can see it right here. See this thing? That's her intact taillight with all the red pieces still on it. The right tail light, mind you. Boom. And by the way, look how much snow there is by then. There's over a foot of snow. And it's being, this car drove in a blizzard from Canton to Dighton and then was towed back to Canton and magically ate one piece of glass remained on the bumper even though this is on a fucking incline right here and it's snowing and windy it's a blizzard and one piece of hair but not just any hair human hair Ooh, yeah, which narrows it down to seven billion people and my i guess that means karen reed killed him right and a piece of hair ended up on there i mean this is the stupidity of all this is what they point to there's hair and a glass on it so fucking what who cares and oh yeah the car was towed at 412 not at 530 so we've seen all this and this is uh, how did the, the taillight break then this car moves again car moves car moves easily can Crack a taillight, not shatter it. Crack the taillight. Um, the Google search, they'll tell us that, oh, the Google search is just such gaslighting when they're like, the Google search isn't real. No, the Google search was real because they'll tell you that, oh yeah, uh, Gemma McCabe's deleted 227 Google search never happened. 
And the forensic expert Katie Hyde agrees that it didn't happen because she was Googling her kid's basketball team at the time. Richard Green is a hired gun who would say whatever the defense paid him to say. Jen McCabe only Googled how long to die in cold at 624 because Karen told her upon discovering the body of John O'Keefe. So, that, oh no, she didn't Google that at 227. She Googled it at 624. And the guy who's telling you it was 227 is actually just a hired gun who's paid to lie as if that's a thing. You can just pay someone to lie. And an expert, a forensic expert. Except, oh yeah, here's Richard Green's background, a certified computer examiner. He has certifications in cybersecurity, computer crime investigations, digital forensic, and computer investigations. He writes under the pains and penalty of perjury that he has no personal interest in the outcome of the case. More importantly, he's not the one who says that she Googled this at 227. You see this fancy word right here called celebrate and celebrate.com. That is software that is used to extract data from iPhones. So it's not Richard Green using this. It's a software program called Celebrate. That every it's like the industry standard and pulls it up this Google search that the state police somehow missed. They somehow missed this. Well, how do they explain that? And by the way, it's also got the Cocoa Apple Cocoa time, which is the exact amount of seconds from January 1st, 2001 to the, to the time when it happened. And this time, 665 million seconds and whatever comes out to exactly 2.27 a.m. Oh, yeah. The defense doesn't deny that she Googled it at 624. I love when they say, oh, she actually Googled it at 624. Yeah, we agree on that. We agree. She Googled it at 624 in the hopes that it would override or make the other one disappear because she realized that was a stupid thing to Google. I should not have done that. Also, the Commonwealth's expert, Katie Hyde, does not disagree with the defense. This is what she writes. She writes that testing shows great inconsistency with timestamps parched from this file. It, how, it is, however, definitive that the page, the Google search tab, the Google search for how long to die in cold, existed in a tab. While a definitive reason as to why the timestamp is listing the time of 2.27 and 40 seconds is unknown. She admits, she admits it happens. She doesn't know why it's there, but it's there. She admits that uh, the, the Commonwealth expert admits that a timestamp exists on Celebrite confirming that that Google search happened at 2.27 a.m. Why it says that is unknown. That's what her freaking report says. So Adam Lally will tell you, oh no, our expert says it never happened. No, you freaking liar. It, your expert doesn't say that. This timestamp is described as the time that the tab moved to the background. So the 227 time 
is when it went to the background. When she X's out of the tab and the new window propagates for ozone basketball. Okay. Exactly. So, um, they'll also tell you that, oh, how could this many people be caught in a lie? How could this many people be caught in a lie? How could they possibly keep it? It's really not that many people. That It's really not that complicated. It's Jim McCabe, Matt McCabe, Brian Albert, and Nicole Albert. Those are the only ones spoken to by police. I haven't even seen an interview with Brian Higgins. They all agree. They just say, John didn't come in the house. It's not that, it's not brain surgery. Didn't come in the house. And Karen's drunk. That's it. Karen's a drunk and John didn't come in the house and she's a bit of a bitch and she's kind of crazy. That's it. That's the story. That's it. Not that complicated. You can't do it without a, a, a detective who's going to go along with it. And as fate would have it, that's Michael Proctor who lied about everything. Boom. It's really not that complicated. And why did they lie? And why did they say this? Because they don't want to go to jail. And as long as they're not investigated, again, if you separated them all differently and you start asking them questions, they're going to start saying a lot of different shit. But you gave them time to get their story straight. It's not that complicated. Sarah Levinson and Julie Nagel were not interviewed until nine months later, even though Jim McCabe gave them a ride home at 147. Okay? So there's that. Okay. Um, anyway. So, oh, oh yeah, Matt McCabe also says he saw tire tracks, tire tracks in a V-shaped window consistent with, uh, in the road in a V-shaped pattern consistent with the three-point turn. I don't think that's what a three-point turn would look like. And second of all, there would be no tire tracks out there at that time. He would not be able to see it from that far. And if he could see the tire tracks, he would certainly see the body directly in front of it, which he claims he didn't see. So there's that. All right. Anyway, um, so uh, go ahead. We're going to do another story on this. Brian Albert didn't come out when he's sleeping. Oh yeah. They, look at Jen Duso. Here's, um, here's chew toy. Again, look at, see the, Oh, those aren't dog bites. Those aren't scratches. Uh, stupid. See how they're parallel like that. That's called a claw. Dogs have claws. So these are not bites. These things, those are not bites. Those are scratches from when the dog takes his claws and sticks them into your skin and pulls down. And that's why they're parallel because the paw moves. Okay. It's not brain surgery. If you show anyone this picture who's never seen it and just ask them, what do you think caused that? You know what they're all going to say. It's a dog bite or a dog scratch. Rather there's a dog, the little puncture wounds. Those are from the dog. And you, you know what else they say? Oh, well, wouldn't there be bites under his arm too? No, stupid. It doesn't mean you freaking clamped on the dog scratching, jumping up on him, getting the teeth in him real quick. There you go. Or, you know, like you see a puncture wound there, a puncture wound there, but mostly it's the scratches. Who did that? Apparently the grass, the lawn did that. That's what they'll have you believe. Um, anyway, 
this lie about Karen not turning her cell phone over is a freaking lie. They've had her. Oh, this was new to me. Look at this part. When I reread these, I did not know this until I read the, the, the charging documents again. It says here, in addition, the troopers received a search warrant for the defendant's phone. Lieutenant Tully examined the records and was able to plot the defendant's movement. So they're saying, oh, why doesn't she turn over her phone? Bitch, you got a search warrant for her phone. You've had her phone the whole time and you've been able to plot her movements. If you're able to plot her movements, then you know exactly what time she left that house, don't you? You know exactly what time she left that house. Oh. Anyway. Um, oh, here's another lie I caught with Jen. I mean, I just read these charging documents. It's just more lies. Here's another lie she says. She says that Miss um, McCabe stated that the victim was lying on his back covered with approximately six inches of snow with his phone on the ground underneath him. How'd you see the phone, Jen? If it was underneath him, you didn't even get out of the car. So how'd you see the phone? Six inches of snow? There was not six inches of snow. That's undeniable. There was two inches of snow at the time. His body was covered in snow. Blood was coming out of his nose. How about this? Karen Reed admitted she did a three-point turn. No. Michael Proctor said she did. And this is not what a car looks like. After this, look at this car. Look at the car. I have questions about this. Like, there, like you, you hit a man so hard that he with enough force to kill him and broken. Part of the taillight is fine. The bumper's not but indented. Nothing. Everything's fine. Except one moment. Why the whole fucking taillight's gone? I feel like that's kind of being overlooked here. The whole taillight. Obviously, they took something apart here and they're not even hiding it. What reason... What is the evidentiary value of taking the entire tailgate apart? Why do you need to do that? Wouldn't you want to preserve the car in its initial form? Obviously, we we all agree it didn't wasn't like this when they got it. We saw the we saw part of the taillight, that part of the taillight at Karen Reed's parents' house. We all agree it's not like this. The state police will admit, I'm sure. And we took it apart. Why did you take it apart? Why are you fucking with evidence? This is insane. Look at this. The taillight's just gone. Everything. Holy shit. And again. Turn. Oh, yeah, it should have been the other tune. So there you go.
it makes no sense for that taillight to be broken. It would be the other taillight, stupid. She's, she's only coming up with this conspiracy theory, they say. This is what Carl Dougal and them have said. She's only doing this now. Why wasn't she doing this before? Uh, go back and read the court documents, because I did. She's been saying this since last March, since March of 2022. Her lawyers, in their first filings after their arraignment, were already making these allegations. Go back and read the documents, including the judge ordered John's clothing to be handed over. On what date was that? This motion was allowed on August 11th, 2022. Still haven't handed him over. Oh, yeah. Then there's the fact that, you know, Michael Proctor. Oh, he had no conflicts with the McCabe family or the Alberts, except, oh, yeah, they're a second family. Oops. It's just so stupid. And the ME's report, they pointed out, well, the, the medical examiner, they said, oh, the medical examiner. Uh, the medical examiner opined, not like determined, opined from her examination. And I'm not a medical examiner. I don't need to be to look at John McKay, John John's arm, John O'Keefe's arm, and know that uh, Alexis didn't do that. Stupid. Colin Albert, they say, wasn't in the house. Really? Then why is he dropping out of school? Tell me that. Before O'Keefe and the other adults arrived from the bar. Oh, okay. Except the grand jury testimony from the Alberts says differently. Well, John O'Keefe's niece and nephew also told police that they had a toxic relationship. Well, they are you accusing them of being in on the conspiracy? No. I'm accusing them of being poisoned and manipulated. For several weeks, they did not speak with police until February 22nd. 2022 that's almost four weeks to poison those children's minds what they did to the children is the most evil part about this and none of these people give a fuck about those kids there's no way this many people would be involved in a conspiracy it's really not that many people okay so anyway that's that um all right Anybody have any questions or anything? Any uh, Ask Turtle Boy? Why don't we end this with a little Ask Turtle Boy? If you have any questions, fire away. We got a dono here from Leah M. Sends $20 and says, For you are awesome. Good cops and families, thank you. Well, thank you, Leah M. I appreciate that. It's very kind to you. Um, and so I'm going to read. Give me one sec. Pull up here. Sign into this account real quick. So there are people sending is it orders. I'm like trying to see the turtle chats here. A bunch of people. It says TV Daily News order. I don't know if these are turtle chats or because none of the. If you sent the turtle chat, I didn't get the email notification. 
So I apologize for that. But anyway, uh, let me read any questions you guys have. I'm going to read Rumble questions. Okay. Um, did they video the removal of the taillight? I don't know. Doesn't sound like it. Where's Chloe? I don't know. Is Vanessa part of the secret Facebook group? I don't think so. I think he did a whole blog interviewing the tow truck guy, Lucky or something other. Then he went to the workplace. Yeah, I mean, Lucky is the real guy who, I, I mean, it's just insane that the, we have a guy here that, oh yeah, is saying, <laughs> uh, I haven't talked to Lucky since then. I think he's mad at me, but I wish he would talk to me. Higgins is a scumbag. I have info on him. Yeah. Tell daddy turtle. Yes, I'm aware that Julie and Jillian's brother died um, from a drug overdose in 2016 as well. That's correct. Why is everyone making fun of his cousin's nose? Uh, I don't know. She, she resembles Scotty Pippen, but... What about Ryan Nagel's DUI in Florida? What about it? Like, who gives a fuck about his DUI in Florida? What about the fact that the Canton police lady said John O'Keefe reported drug dealing? But we don't know if that's about Colin Alver. He could have been reporting drug dealing on anyone, you know? So that, that to me is a, a nothing burger. Have you talked to the tow driver? Yeah, I did a whole blog on it. So we, I don't think Colin is in, I do not think Colin is in Florida and here's why I received a very good tip yesterday that Colin and his, and Chris were seen with attorneys in close proximity to Moakley courthouse on Thursday. So I don't think Colin's there. They were seen, they insisted on it. Like this email was insistent that they saw Colin and Chris Albert in Boston, close to the Moakley courthouse with what it would appear to be attorneys on Thursday. Again, I don't have pictures of that or anything, but this is a source telling me this. So I, I'm, I'm not convinced that Colin's actually in Florida. And that is the federal courthouse. That's correct. So, you know, telling you something is going on here. It's going down. It's not a matter of if it's when I'm telling you right now, the feds know who killed John O'Keefe. There's no way they haven't taken their phones and the shit that the, 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 the judge didn't give them. The feds have it I'm telling you. And Colin Albert seems to be, I think he's going down for this. I think he's going to take the whole chart. I think he's going to take the brunt of this. I think it, over Brian. And I think it, it just, Jillian Daniels' behavior last week on this show, Jillian Daniels cares a lot more about Colin Albert than she does about Brian Albert. Right? And I, I just think that her behavior last week was so indicative and so telling of her mind, of the mindset that her family's going through right now. 
like she knows we're losing Colin. Colin is going to go to jail for life. And they are probably so fucking worried about this kid. Cause and, and honestly, fuck Colin Albert, man. He is a piece of shit. He's a violent sociopath who has it in him to kill a man who goes around fighting people who's had no consequences for anything in life has been able to get away with everything because he's a meathead football player and his dad and his mom enabled it with their pictures like that. I think, yeah. I mean, I think Colin hit him in the head first too. I think Colin delivered that blow that to the back of the head. I think Colin did that because that was stupid. Like whoever did that went too far. If there was a fight, there's a fight. I don't think Brian Albert is going to hit someone in the back of the head with a blunt object. I don't, I think Brian Albert is too old and too like, you know, he's murder police to, I think he knows better than to do that. I think he'll punch you in the face or whatever, but I don't think he's going to hit you in the back of the head with a blunt object. I think an out of control meathead like Colin Albert would. And they are scared for him. Chris Albert's behavior, reacting to Deanna, the turtle rider at the waterfall and reacting to me is so telling, man, that I think that they have got Colin. I think they got him. And I think now what they're working on is getting him to talk as much as possible and save himself. I mean, he dropped out of school. Not save himself, but get himself the best deal possible. And I think the bigger fish here for the federal government is, I mean, they don't just, they don't give a fuck about some, a murder. That's not the, I mean, they do. They are going for who's covering up the murder. They are going, and I think they are giving, the more I think about this, I think that they, why is this going on for so long? I think they're just giving them rope to hang themselves with. The longer, I think the bigger people that they're going after in this are not Michael Proctor and Michael Morrissey. Because they are giving the district attorney's office the rope to hang themselves. Because I think that they have evidence that the DA's office knows that Karen Reed didn't do this. And knows who actually did do this. And I think that they are just allowing them to move forward with this as much as possible so that they can get Michael Morrissey, who I believe is the bigger target of this all. The, you know, the federal, the U.S. Attorney's Office doesn't give a fuck about a murder. They care about corruption and people covering up the murder. So that is, and maybe Rafferty too, you know? But I mean, I think Rafferty's just an idiot, but, um, you know, I, I think that's what they're doing here. That would be my guess. Like, it seems like it's going down. That's just my guess. And and I don't think, and I, Morrissey's so cocky. If they were smart, they would just drop the charges. But there's not much we can do now. And we're going to start pursuing this other angle. Like that, if they were smart, they would do that. It's just like, they don't give a shit, huh? And I think the federal government is looking at this like, oh, really? You want the hardball, huh? Okay. <laughs> I bet you their phones are tapped. I tell you, the, the reason that I think this is going on so long is because there is a much 
bigger target than some punk kid Colin Albert. I think he's a much bigger target. And that is the district attorney's office and the Massachusetts state police. The institutions of those. And it won't stop with Michael Proctor in there. Like they know Michael Proctor's dirty. You know, but again, they care about Michael Proctor, but they care a lot more probably about Tully who is signing all these reports and who knows who must know that Michael Proctor is doing all this and is allowing him to still be on the job and Yuri Bukenik, and they want to know what those guys know. Do they know that Michael Proctor, they, they need to prove that. Do they know that Michael Proctor did all this? Did they allow this to happen? They have to be able to prove that. That is the only explanation for why they're allowing this to go on so long is because they're giving them the rope to hang themselves. That is my theory. Again, theory, not plan. But, uh, and, so anyway, um, I'm reading the comments. Just drop them now. It's not fair to all the force Karen to continue. I mean, that's, that, that's, that's what's fucked up about this is that like if they're allowing this to go on, you know, to do to her parents too, you know, to, to, to force them through this, imagine what they're going through watching their daughter deal with this. Like, Okay, can you plead the fifth of the grand jury? I don't think you can. I'm not sure. I've never been grand jury. Don't pl don't plan on it. And I do wonder that, like, if Colin Albert has been and Jen McCabe has been grand juried, can they plead the fifth? I don't understand. Like, don't you have a right not to self incrimination? I don't know how it works. And why? Oh yeah, and Berkey. He's Berkey has to be under investigation by the feds. He has to be gotta be and think about it. Like the feds are investigating the only federal invade. The only federal agent here is Brian Higgins. It would make sense if he's the first to flip because he knows how the feds roll. And so he's getting ahead of it. Brian Albert Higgins and Morrissey are all at Berkowitz retirement party. Correct. I don't think the feds care about Karen, which is too bad. The kids were clearly talking about the grand jury at the pool party. Yeah, we, we caught Chris Albert Jr. talking about that. We got him on tape talking about that. Giovanni donates two bucks and says, the fact that these pigs aren't behind bars yet is absolutely disgusting. I want all those brainless animals in a cage like the animals... Degree, nice college degree, Colin Albert scumbag. We didn't get the college. You don't get a degree with only one year, unfortunately. You don't get a degree with only one year. Got a cash app here from Kelly says, oh, no, that was the other one. Oh, Kelly asks me for $5 now for, for, for protesting. <laughs> she wants the $5 for being a paid protester. Sorry, checks in the mail. Checks in the mail. All right. Anyone else have any uh, other questions? Like you said, 
grand jury subpoenaed everyone's phones. Right. Like that's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. Oh, like I give a shit what that person says. She's, I mean, I shouldn't even be, I, I've been chirping at that idiot on Twitter and I really got to cut myself off. It's just too tempting not to embarrass her sometimes. But again, for a person who has no shame, like you, how, how can you shame the shameless? Like you gave, you lost two of your kids. They were taken from you by the state. Like you obviously, and you still go out in public and like judge other people like that. that you can't shame a person like that. They have no shame. So it is tempting to go at it with this idiot online, but the fact that that's the best that they can come up with to defend themselves is this person who lost two of her kids to the state really speaks volumes here. Like you can't get anyone legitimate to defend you. No one. I think we need to address the amazing, that amazing Kendra Lara footage this week. Yeah, I, I met, I finally met Kendra. I sat next to her in court when I was there with my Andrew for my Andrew Johnson hearing. And, uh, yeah, she sat there and, uh, I, I attempted to interview. <laughs> that was a long car ride. That's a long walk back to her car. Oh, she was too good. Oh, I hate that woman. She needs to lose. Yeah. Lounge lizard. I mean, lounge lizard and I on Twitter have had a lot of history, bad history. Whoever lounge lizard is, I thought it was this chick, Michelle, but I guess the account says it's not Michelle. Whatever. I don't really care who the account is. But Lounge Lizard has been famous for calling me Turtle Fraud for many years. And I think he even has my picture up making fun of me. So whatever. Lounge Lizard is no fan of yours truly. But even Lounge Lizard on Twitter is like Team Karen Reed on this one because it's just so fucking ridiculous. And Lounge Lizard crossed the is usually like Team Anti-Turtle Boy but has become team turtle boy in this one or not turtle boy, not even team turtle boy, team Karen Reed. Like, let's keep it a buck. This team Karen Reed and team John O'Keefe. And because of that, all of a sudden the, you know, the crusty panties mafia, all five of them are like ripping lounge lizard apart. Now, like how dare you ever deviate from what we say? That's what you get for stepping out of line. Once fucking once you stepped out of line about something that isn't even really involving you. It's about Karen Reed. And that's the thing. It's like, you can hate me all you want. Why do you hate Karen Reed? Why do you hate Karen Reed? Like, what the fuck? You know? Um, did you see the new parody account of you? I did. I did see the new parody account of me. It's not that good, but it's nice to have a, a it's nice to have a parody account. It means you're making it in life. Yeah, I agree. The Alex Arias account, which is now attacking... John's other ex-girlfriend who comes to court with Karen. Um, I'm pretty sure that's Carl Dougal. Like if you look at it, that's pretty obviously Carl Dougal. I agree. Or his wife. No, it could be his wife too. That's a good point. It could be his wife. Yeah. I, I People will post about the baby mama thing. Uh, again, I'm not doing that. I'm not going down that route. I don't care. I think that's a distraction that can take away from the reporting that matters. You know what I mean? That's just how I feel about that. 
Kof and Dave were blocked me. Yeah, she's such an idiot too. She's another one. She's been on um, Surviving the Survivor as a guest before. Again, I like Joel. He seems like a nice guy. So I'm really looking forward to having my conversation with him and Sean on the Gulf on Tuesday at 7 o'clock. So that's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, see, that's the thing. It's like I don't, I don't do the rumors. I think that's unhealthy to be like some somebody came on our page and made that comment. I don't do that. And a lot of people send me the comment. It's just like, well, I put zero faith into that whatsoever. Zero. I got another message today from somebody telling me that, oh, David Yannetti needs to look into this. Brian Higgins couldn't testify in a state case. Somebody messaged me about this today. He said Brian Rig Brian Higgins could not testify in a state case because he's under investigation and i'm like state case what, what does that mean what what courthouse was it in and who was the defendant he couldn't testify against we can't tell you then why the fuck are you messaging me it's probably bullshit use your brain use your brain people like you should ask people like want to believe it if it's not i understand that like the idea of colin albert selling drugs or knocking somebody up is a sexy element of the story right but you, you're only interested in it because you want it to be part of this. Like that would make it more interesting. Be wary of stuff like that. Be wary of stuff like that. Like, do I, if you really want this to be part of like, you have to stay unbiased. You have to stick to the facts. So I don't do that shit. When people start messaging me about, did you see this comment about Colin Albert? Or did you see this other fucking unsubstantiated rumor? Yeah, I did. I don't give a fuck. Talk to me when you have some, some, some concrete that matters or else I don't touch it. Don't touch it. What night are you going on the CIS podcast? Uh, Seven o'clock on uh, Tuesday. Sean is supposed to be coming on with me for that. And I'm going on another one tomorrow night. Could we get that lawyer, Laura, to come? She was great. Yeah, I loved how she said the celebrate is not complicated. That was brilliant when she told Wendy that. It's like, it's not complicated. It's celebrate. It's a software program that extracts data from your phone. It's not like Richard Green isn't the one saying this. Celebrate is saying this. She was a really good attorney, I thought. And she was mocked and condescended towards by Wendy Murphy, who was a bad attorney. I'm shocked by how many of the people who are anti-Karen are women with the exception of Carl. He's kind of a woman. I feel like a lot of it is subconscious jealousy. Yeah, I can see that. And you know what? A lot of the hatred towards Karen is just hatred towards me. Like if, if it was anyone else saying the things that I'm saying in defense of Karen Reed, it would be viewed differently by people I'm telling you. And we got to get, Kevin, uh, John DePetro, who is a Rhode Island conservative talk radio guy, Juan DePetro, I think he goes by. Like, I like him, um, but he's unfamiliar with the case. He seems to believe Karen Reed did this. So, John, if you're watching or somebody wants to send this clip to John, I, I hereby invite him on the show, and I think we, or I'll go on your show, and we should have a discussion of it because I, I am not a conspiracy theorist, I'm not a crazy person. The people who believe Karen Reed did this are the conspiracy theorists that needs. And again, I can sit down and show you facts 
And by the time you're done, you're like, oh, I mean, there's nothing you can say. Okay. Maz, Maz Media says, Karen Reed is sexy as fuck, and those women who are haters are just jealous. Um, John equals handsome. It's obvious why he was with Karen. Every woman I know is for Karen. Yeah, that's the thing, too. Like, women are more into almost um, protecting Karen than men are, I think. Like, women are very defensive of Karen Reed. Uh, what did How Howie Carr has commented and has had Turtle Boy on? He's mainly concentrating on Trump. Yeah, that it's disappointing to see that from How. I mean, but that's I mean, Howie's a political guy, and he's also careful. Like, whatever. I guess I'm the new Howie, but like, look at this comment from Strass totally believe that karen reed is innocent your reporting is thorough and i'm on board jill said something about your wife hating you there are a few rumors can you clarify uh first of all stress i'm not fucking stupid like you, this all that bullshit you said before you didn't mean any of that and no i can't fucking clarify because it's none of your fucking business my personal life does not affect you at all it doesn't matter and the mere fact that you even ask about that makes me realize that everything you just said before that is bullshit. So no, I mean, imagine asking a question like that. Can you tell us about your fucking problems in your personal life? Because that's my fucking business. I have, I should know about that. The fuck do you care about that? Use your fucking brain. Look at the Leah Genduso Twitter account that's been created by someone. That that should answer all your questions for you. Seriously, what's wrong with these people? All right. Um, how he usually passes out during his show. Turtle Boy is not. <laughs> uh, let's see. That's in a, that's how, you know, that person's not actually a fan. Like we're not stupid. Oh yeah. Can you tell us about your personal life? Nope. Extramarital affair. Yeah. If you're into that kind of stuff, if you think that matters, I mean, again, if you really want to know about that, there's, there's plenty of videos out there, um, against my will that are, are out there for the world to see. It's not exactly a secret. I've talked about it openly. Don't give a shit. You can. Do whatever you want from that. Reach whatever conclusion you want from that. So, is what it is. You missed my dono, man? Oh, I missed it, Rosalie. Did I miss it? Does it, like, disappear? Do the donos disappear? How does this work? I'm sorry, Rosalie. Let me see if I can go back and see it. Oh, Karen Reed and her family must be so grateful for you and the way you have brought light to the shit show. I pray Karen Reed finds some sort of peace one day. Jen McCabe and her sea cow husband are D-bags. You're goddamn right about that. I appreciate that. Um, 
and her family must be so grateful for you. Uh, you know, they seem, they seem lovely people and they're very nice to me when I talk to them. So they seem definitely grateful. I've hugged their mom a couple of times. Really nice lady. Uh, you know, the dad is the one I really feel for because I put myself in his shoes about if this happened to my daughter. He see the dad seems more like stressed by this and angry and worried. And I feel for him. You know, I feel for that man. But he also seems so. Did you see how happy he was in the thumbs up he gave all our supporters when we were there? Like that probably makes him feel so good. So it's really good that we're doing that. We're doing a good thing by uh, by doing that. Did you get a red carpet for Karen at nine fifteen? No, but we need one. Y'all, it's a nine o'clock hearing. So uh, we'll, we'll schedule the protest that day for 8 o'clock, maybe 7.45. I don't care. I, I might just get a hotel in Dedham because, dude, if you're from Worcester County, anybody that knows Worcester County driving on the Mass Pike going east, it's fucking hell. It's absolute freaking hell. It, it takes like three hours sometimes. I might just get a hotel room in Dedham or something so I can just be right there for it. Cause I'm going to, you have to wake up early. I'm not, I have to get up at like 5am, which I'm not a 5am guy. Cause I, I work late. I'm more of a 7am guy. How would you like turtles? I do. I do like turtles. Turtle boy needs to get revenge porn laws past mess. A little late for that. My friend, a little bit late for that, but you know what? It, it, it honestly isn't that it's like, I thought it would be a lot worse when that happened. Like that sucked, you know, at first. And I'm like, wow, this is going to haunt me. And then I'm like, you know what? I really just don't care. <laughs> you've all, you've seen it by now. If you've seen it, you've seen it. And I just don't care. Extra, there's extra emojis involved. That's all you need to know to blur it out online. You need like five emojis. So I win. So there's that. There's that. It could be a lot worse. Could be a lot worse. You know, we all do it. It is what it is. Um, we'll get a hotel. Yeah, I mean, it could be fun. The hearing is uh, September 15th. And school will be back. Exactly. So I'm going to have to have my sister or somebody get my kids on the school bus the next day. Uh, Jill's homophobe boyfriend the one that told me to go F myself homo lost every ounce of potential business from the gay couples who would have renovated Canton homes with new rugs. and Yeah. We need to start pushing that more that they're a homophobic thing. And you're right. It didn't hurt me at all. Haven't don't, don't seem to care. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of weird. Like if you, especially if you're a guy, I guess if you're a woman, you know, I mean some it's like, but if you're a guy, like a straight guy and you're like, Oh man, I got to see this turtle boy solo video. That's fucking weird. Like, I don't care if my worst enemy is out there and I hear that a video like that is circulating of him. I'm just going to take your word for it. <laughs> like, I'm good. Like, well, that sucks for him. That's embarrassing, but don't need to hit play. Some of these guys like hit play and really analyzed it. It was weird. Oh yeah. I got to go to a selectman's meeting too. Yeah. That's a good point.
Yeah, I can't go. It's they have select meetings on Tuesdays. I can't go this Tuesday because I'm going on that show. But maybe soon. You can be the face of the law. That's the thing. It's like I'm a guy too. It's like there is a a bias in this. Like it's a it's a crime that you associate with happening to women. Like we're one of two states where it's um, legal to do that. But in most states, when you read, whenever you read about like revenge porn, like the victims are always women. It's always some guy putting his ex up or whatever. And so like, nobody feels bad for you as a guy. And it's like, so I realized that I'm just like, whatever. Okay. Yeah, it sucks. But what am I going to do? Like, I, uh, I'm just going to give up. I guess that's what they wanted me to do. Just give up just stop working and stop pushing my business forward. It was a huge distraction. It sucked. But like it's, I'm over it. It's been almost two years now. Only people not related to the Alberts and McCabe's at the bar said state police. Karen gave Chris shit about making pizza for the party. The Greeks. Why did she think he was going? Did state police ask why he didn't? I don't understand the question. Uh, Carano is never not going to be upset about that ever again. Yeah. I mean, Carano is just such the biggest loser. <laughs> he is just such a loser. He's the only one, the only one who cares. Anyway, I guess we will, um, we'll call it a night. Big audience again tonight, 3,600 people still watching on rumble another 250 on facebook but uh yeah guys we'll call it a night and uh we will uh talk to you guys all uh tomorrow night again i'm going on this stream i posted the link earlier in the chat so you can go check it out it's called risk the hell is it i'll just post it again the channel go give her a sub risk flex oh so i'm going to post Oh, she's already got the stream up. Okay. I will uh, post this in the chat. Yeah, wrist, it's called Wrist Flex. I'm going to post it in the Rumble chat. If anyone wants to do it. And Leah M says, Turtle Boy, there is still a defense fund and giveaways next month. Yeah. Keep donating to that. Keep hooking it up. And uh, we will see you guys all um, for the live show on Tuesday night. But check out that stream tomorrow I'm going to be on. And we'll talk to you later. Peace, Turtle Riders.